0: this is jalen for Dobbs. where tire buying is easy at gotodobs.com Dobbs.com, shop
1: brands sizes pricing and our amazing deals with 40 plus locations get same day install for tires it's Dobbs.
0: for deals you can use click on go now you ready show time on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy
1: do doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes
0: the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
1: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers guess what day it is it's friday
4: friday gotta get down on friday everybody's looking
0: forward to the weekend, weekend.
5: friday friday get in down on friday
0: hey buddy we're here
4: Good morning everyone and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Carrie Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker, and CD, unfortunately. We're here. We are here. We're this here. is where, this is is where we are. Yeah, buddy. Oh, hope everyone else is ready. Oh, doctor, yeah. if you didn't watch the Blues <laughs> game last night, congratulations. Uh, they fell to the... Congratulations? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
6: if you didn't, if you
4: didn't. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a 3-2 loss. If you went to bed after the second period, if you went to bed at the midpoint of the third period, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. Jordan Biddington rocking and rolling. shutout out going. And then a bad giveaway in the offensive zone by Brandon Saad. JT Miller scores at the 9-08 mark to make it a 2-1 game. And then another mistake by the Blues on another lack of effort in the defensive end. And Kuzmenko scores for the Canucks at the 1931 mark of the third. And then uh, Elias Petterson scoring, getting his third point of the night, by the way, at the 445 mark of 3-on-3 three three overtime. And Vancouver hands the Blues their fourth consecutive defeat by a score of 3-2. to two. Randy, it, it, uh,
6: I don't really know. What the words are?
4: Oh, just wait—you'll hear words. Uh, well, I, I'll leave the words to the professionals. Then I'm sure I, we're, we're going to hear some words yep. from some people. Yep. By but, the way, we're going to talk to Robert Thomas coming yeah. up in the nine o'clock hour. We're going to talk to Joe Vitale also in the nine o'clock hour. Jay Delsing at the bottom of this hour.
6: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm looking forward
4: to all of those. Those interviews.
6: It's watching this team play right now is 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 tough. It's hard. Um, you know, you have the lead for two periods. They, they actually played really well. Got a couple of breaks earlier in the game, uh, the goal that was called back. They actually would have had an odd man rush had the referee not kicked the puck and, mm-hmm. and, and allowed the Canucks to score that first goal, uh, put them in position to score that first goal. It just, you, you felt at that moment, okay, things are going our way. We, 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 we got a break. Things normally don't happen that way for bad teams. And you, you're you up 2 0, and you're like, okay, good. We're, we're solid. We're ready to roll. And then you know it just kind of goes left, and and we'll hear some people's reasons yeah. as to why they think so.
4: Blues are outshot on the night by a forty-one to twenty-two margin. Uh, they just uh, they they just are out of sorts. Here is Craig Bruby's initial reaction.
3: A lot of guys, not, uh <clears throat> a lot of our best players, not doing the job. Or do you think that's the case? I don't know. You have to ask them, Jim. I guess they don't care about the team. I don't know. I'm oh, not yeah. sure why.
4: I guess they don't care about the team. I Randy, don't
6: know. I, I'm, I, can, I can tell you from a former player's perspective. If you have people questioning, mainly your head coach or maybe other teammates questioning if you care about the team or care about the effort that you're displaying, that is not good. That's almost... I mean, th- there's really not much more that you can say that, that would be more detrimental to a person than that mm-hmm. on a team. Saying that they don't care, saying that they aren't involved or, or aren't engaged every single night, Randy, I I, I would much rather – you, you could talk about my mother more than you could mm-hmm. say that about my play because that's what, why we do this. It's a team game. It's not a, a selfish per- – it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be about me, 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 me. It should be about we. And it it's that's a that's a tough comment. If I'm a player that he's speaking about for me to hear, it's probably not the first time I've heard it though. Mm-hmm. But it, it to be there's a difference between keeping it in house and to be able to say that out house and,
4: and and to the public and for for public consumption. In hockey, there's a. Term it's kind of a catchphrase for not trying hard. It's called lack of compete level, mm-hmm. rather than saying they don't they aren't trying hard. They say, well, they have a lack of compete level. And Berube was asked about that lack of compete level. You've talked a lot
3: about uh, effort and compete level. I'm guessing
0: you, you didn't see that in nearly enough guys
3: tonight, right? No, mm-hmm. a handful of guys. That's it. Goalie for sure. And Jordan
4: Binnington was terrific. Now to boil this down, CD. Mm-hmm. Jordan Kyrou, Robert Thomas, not great.
3: Not good enough. Not not even close. That's pretty telling.
6: Yeah, I I mean, to me, they're in a bind, though. If you decide to pay people a a set amount of money and a a lot of money and they aren't your best players, meaning – they don't have to be the best players on the team. Generally, they should be if they're getting paid the most. But they have to be the hardest working players on the team. The reason why the San Antonio Spurs were able to be so great for that number of years is because Greg Popovich could could go in on Tim Duncan and the rest of the team would look at him like, Oh, okay, well, if they if he's going to talk to Tim like that and Tim is going to respond in a way where he's going to work his butt off, not complain, not you know whine and, and do all of those things, then we have no reason to do that either. Your best players have to be the players that get coached the hardest, have to be the players that work the hardest, have to be the best players that score the most points, the most goals, the most touchdowns, or whatever it is. They have to be the stars, and they have to be able to shoulder all of that responsibility. You can't have half of that responsibility, but not all of it. And and right now, you know, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like a few of those guys are are not – doing the things that they need to get done in order for this team to be
4: successful. And if you're going to be a soldier, if you're if you're not going to be a general, if you're going to be a soldier, you're doing everything you can. And a guy like Alex- Alexei Toropchenko, he just has some expectations for the, the generals.
1: Like, I mean, I'm trying to do everything that I can every game. And I just, I don't know, I'm just wishing and hoping that, like, everybody on the same page. But it's, like, not
4: good enough. So I'm so worried. Like, Upset. So he's giving everything he can. He says he's wishing and hoping that everybody will get on the same page. I, I would, I would be wishing
6: and hoping as well. Like I said, if you are, Randy, I was, I was probably. The only time I was one of the, the the guys, Shaq talks about the others a lot. You know, there's the stars, bus drivers. Mm-hmm. Last time I was a bus driver was high school. I was the I was driving the bus. When you get to college, I was one of the guys. I was a really good one of the guys, mm-hmm. but I wasn't the starting quarterback. I was I, I was I was right there. I was right behind the bus driver, mm-hmm. so to speak. When you're the guy that is driving that bus, when you're the guy that is expected to make the play, score the goal, score the points. You have to show up, and your effort has to be there. And and what Torpchenko was saying, hey, I'm doing my part. My part is what I'm asked to do. If you give me a bigger role, I will try to excel in that. But right now, this is my role, and other people have roles as well. They need to do their job, and until then, we're going to keep getting beat.
4: Torpchenko on the Blues offensive struggles. I mean, like, especially for
7: me, like, it looks like this game was like worst of like all my life how the team played today.
6: <laughs> I, that, maybe that's yeah, that's worse. something in the moment, you know, you feel like it's the worst game. But maybe, maybe today when he woke up, he's like, yeah, that was the worst mm-hmm. game I've ever been a part of. And and what makes it that way, Randy? Just guys not giving effort. I, Randy, I told you a story. When I was in college, we went zero and six. My senior year, uh, we were 0-6 up until that point playing Michigan, and I was the team captain. I was the one that was – I was the bus driver on that team. Mm -hmm. I was the one that had to get everybody in line and do my job, and that was my responsibility. And and one of my teammates came to me. He said, hey, you going to say something to to the team? You going to get us going? And I looked at him. I said, for what? All y'all going to do is let me down. And I meant it because you all aren't performing to the expectation that I have for myself and for this team. No, I'm not talking to y'all. Y'all don't do what y'all need to do. I do. I'm out here giving it everything, but I'm just one person. The rest of y'all need to raise your level of compete. And until then, I'm done talking because I'm frustrated. Then what happened? We got out there and got smacked by Michigan. It was a pretty
4: bad whooping. It might have been 40-7, so, to seven, something like they, that. They, they let you down. They let me down. Now, CD, one of the things that Doug Armstrong said earlier in the season was he didn't want to bring people here to St. Louis from Springfield because the culture was good in Springfield. Guys were trying, they were playing as a team, and that wasn't the case here in St. Louis. Well, you just heard Alexei Torepchenko. Here is Tyler Tucker on Toropchenko's reaction to last night's loss.
8: Yeah, I mean, guys are frustrated. Um, obviously, not the results that we want. A little bit of frustration is good right now. Uh, obviously, we got to be better as a team, as a group, you know? So, I it's good.
4: Okay, so the Blues, they probably did misevaluate with signing Krug and signing Pareco. But, man, if they misevaluated on Kyrou and Thomas for $64 million over eight years each. Well,
6: Randy, I, I, I can tell you this. People generally don't change who they are. If you have worries or concerns about uh, a, a player's effort or, or their, their, their entire game, Paying them doesn't usually solve that problem. It it only adds to it. It, it. Money generally makes people more of who they already are or who they already were. It doesn't it doesn't really change their mindset. If they're a hardworking person, they're generally going to continue to be a hardworking person. If they are just skillful and athletic and able to make plays, but not do all of the things, you paying them is is really just affirming that 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 action that that's that's who they are and that's who they should be. So, I don't know what the what the end result is gonna be for for this team, but for the head coach, for 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 younger players, Randy, younger players to be speaking out and saying mm-hmm. these things, that says a lot, yeah, about no where they are right now. Yep. Meanwhile, I'll
4: tell you what. All they do is win, win, win. How about last night? Donnie Hageman, a 44-yard field goal to win it at the buzzer for your Badlocks 20-18 in Seattle. So A.J. McCarron hits uh, Butler for a 44-yard score to put the Badlocks ahead with 7-14 left in the game at the 121 mark. Ben Denucci throws for a, an eight-yard touchdown pass to give Seattle the lead back 18-17, but then AJ McCarron, the Tom Brady of the XFL, leads his club down <laughs> into position for the 44-yard field goal, and your Battlehawks, your St. Louis Battlehawks, are 2-0 on the XFL season after winning last night against the Seed Dragons in Seattle.
6: How about that? Going on the road on a short week, Randy. Yeah. It's a short week, three days, and then you got to travel. To be able to get there, get that job done, uh, just an outstanding job, just to get another win. I think, you know, Anthony Beck talked about it when he was with us. This team is going to be a team that doesn't quit. They're going to work their butts off. They're going to find ways to win. It may not always be pretty. I think, you know, if you, he's an offensive guy, so I'm sure if you were to talk to him, he would love for this offense to be a little bit more explosive. They're, they're not having the big plays that they they mm-hmm. that they that would wish or hope for. Um and you want to score touchdowns and not field goals, but to get yourself in a position to kick the game-winning field goal, it, it everything is all right with the win. You'll, you'll retool and reset you know, this week, trying to get prepared for
4: next week. And the Battlehawks took over at their own 24-yard line. And McCarron leads them 8 yards, 50 plays in a minute, 21 to the game-winning field goal. And the Battlehawks are now 2-0 and on the season. Meanwhile, tomorrow... In Austin, St. Louis City SC will play their inaugural game. Go City. Go City. Looking forward to that. That one at 7 30 tomorrow night on Apple TV. We just got uh St. Louis professional sports all over the place, don't we? Yeah, you can't get away can't, from
6: can't, it. Baseball starts up on Saturday. Yeah, tomorrow uh, noon on got, Valley Sports.
4: We got some we got some sports around here. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about. We Indeed. got
9: to something changes in St. Louis when that first spring training pitch actually gets thrown in in a game. Oh. It's just like
4: it's like, oh baby, here we go. Something in St. Louis changes when AJ McCarron takes the field. Hey,
9: hey! <laughs> All right, AJ. There you do. Here, there you go, buddy. Hey, he's, no, you called him the. You called him the Tom Brady of the XFL. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's still married.
4: All he does is. Oh, oh rock. Oh, come come man, on.
6: That's come an on. unnecessary oh. shot at Tom Brady. Yeah. He's working on his relationship, from
4: what I heard. McCarron doesn't want anything to do with retirement nah, either at this nah. point. It is 7.13. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. All right, spring training games do start tomorrow down in Jupiter. The Cardinals will open up spring training. What are three things you want to see from the Cardinals in spring training? We're going to give you ours next on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: (laughs) If you uh, have been somebody who tuned into this station for a long time, you know the name, a regular guest of ours, and one of our good friends, Rick Venturi, who, as you also know, is a huge Cardinal fan, and he is fired up about Cardinal baseball. And so it's always good to text early in the morning with Rick Venturi. He still gets, he's, he's still uh, got those coaches hours going. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Up early? Yep. Up, 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 <laughs> up early late texting about baseball. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Hey, Cardinal baseball starts tomorrow. You'll see the game at noon on Valley Sports. And uh, we want to give you three things that we are excited about. It's three things that... Uh, you want to see from the Cardinals in spring training games. Let's get things started. Number three. For me, it's it's young guys.
6: And by young guys, I'm going to put Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Newt Barr, Burleson. I want to see how these young guys – Perform how they compete, how they go out there and attack today, and see if they are actually, as as Ali Marmol said, trying to earn or take away a starting spot. That to me will be a telltale for for how they go about their day, how they plan to be a professional baseball player for this organization. I want to see how those young guys compete every single at bat, every time they're out in the field. Are they making the correct plays? Are they hitting the cutoff guy? Are they doing the job that needs to be done when they get their opportunity? For me, that will be my number one thing.
4: Kerry, one of the things, and it would have happened even if Yadier Molina were still playing, that will change this year with the pitch clock is pitchers won't be able to shake off catchers as much. I want to see how Wilson Contreras meshes with the young pitchers that are going to be in camp. Obviously, Wainwright and Michaelis are not going to be there due to their performance in the in the baseball classic. However, you're going to have Flaherty there. You're going to have Montgomery there. You're going to have Mats there. You're going to have Dakota Hudson and all of those relievers. I'm intrigued to see how quickly Wilson Contreras meshes with the pitchers because that was, to be honest, one of the raps on him in Chicago was he didn't really mesh well mm-hmm. with the the rotation and and the entire staff. So I'm intrigued to see how that unfolds. Number two. My number two, Randy, is a
6: pitcher. But it's not the picture that you think. Mm. It is a picture that I have been talking about. Uh Claves talked about him a couple of days ago, said he put on fifteen pounds, came in looking really, really well, looking healthy, looking like a young man ready to take the, take on the world, and that's Jordan Hicks. I want to see where he is and what he is, given the opportunity. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's a starter. I don't know if he's a closer. I don't believe he's a middle reliever type of person just based off of of the personality and the stuff. I want to see if if he's given an opportunity how great this young man can be because I think he has a lot of talent to do a lot of great things in his league. And hopefully it's in a role where where he's more visible You know, every fifth day or every day where you can really see
4: how much talent he has. And he's at that point now where he can start making the big, 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 yes. big money. Yep. He should be highly motivated. CD, number two for me is second base because – Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman, neither of them have ever played a full season at second base. And with the elimination of the shift, quality defense at second base is going to be more important now than it's been in more than a decade. Now, the Cardinals have had really good second baseman, Colton Wong, Tommy Edmund, but we don't know how good... Donovan or Edmund R. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to is to see how well those guys play. What kind of range does Nolan Gorman have? Does Do- Brendan Donovan have the tools to make the double play at second base? I don't know, but that's one of the things I'm really intrigued about with spring training. Number one. My number one is DH, Juan
6: Yepes. Nolan Gorman. I want to see these young men get to it. And and for me, Juan Yepes is a guy he doesn't seem like he has any fear. And, and, and listening to how other players talk about him, specifically Albert Pujols, he thinks he's going to be a star. He thinks he's going to be a stud. And given the opportunity to do it every single day, seeing how many, you know, getting 400, 500 at-bats, how many home runs he can hit, how many hard balls he can hit in the gaps. I think he's going to be very good. And same thing with Nolan Gorman. Those two battling, you know, right-handed versus left-handed pitching. I'm excited to see how that takes place. And Kerry, for me...
4: It is the picture that you are thinking yeah, of. Yeah, we all are. We all are, Randy. <laughs> <already. laughs> can Jack Flaherty make five consecutive starts in spring training? Can he be healthy enough? Can he rebound physically well enough so that he can be effective? Every fifth day for this team, and I believe that spring training will go a long way towards telling us whether or not he can or he can't.
6: Yeah, it's going to be vital for for this team. We've we're kind of hanging our our season on on the man Jack Flaherty. If he's able to perform at the level that we know he can, we know what he's. We've seen it. It's not something that we're, we're just assuming. It's not, and we're not talking about. We've seen it at at A or Double A. We've seen it at the major league level where he's able to have uh, uh, to be a star. He is a true number one when healthy can he stay healthy and I think overall that's a question health is going to be a question for for a few players on this roster are they going to be healthy enough Mm -hmm. to play the entire season and take this team where where it needs to go you know what
4: these six items show us Is that Paul DeYoung hitting 500 in spring training last year taught us a lesson. Don't worry about what you see in March from an offensive player. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about a bat in March. Don't worry about a bat in September because it's always a lie. And Paul DeYoung proved it again. We've seen it with Carpenter in 2020 that... uh, March is, offensively is a lie. Don't ever believe what you see. Start believing what you see on April 1st. Yes,
6: indeed. You got to. This team is going to be, Randy. I think this team is going to be really good. Brand, BK and I were talking about it a few days ago. We think the ceiling is extremely high. I think they're going to be much better than they were last year, and they were a really good team last year. Struggled down the stretch, but I think the consistency for the entire season, if they're able to do that leading into the playoffs and kind of get hot right before the playoffs start, then you have a championship team, uh, championship-caliber team uh, in front of you. They just got to
4: take care of it. And. To me, there are two things. Number one, the guy I talked about. And number two is the ability to get Tyler O'Neill in there in the five hole. If all of a sudden you have the Tyler O'Neill that hit 34 home runs a couple of years ago, and then you have Goldschmidt hitting third, Arenado fourth, that O'Neill fifth, Contreras sixth, maybe Dylan Carlson is hitting seventh, that affords you the ability to put Edmund slash Newt Bar slash... Uh, Donovan at the top of the lineup. Donovan had a three ninety four on base last year. But if you can do that, if you can put those guys at the top of the lineup, and then you have O'Neill hitting— Tyler O'Neill turns this from a not really long lineup into a really long lineup. Yeah. And his quality, I think, is imperative for this team.
6: Yeah, his health, his quality, what he can do. We've seen the MVP caliber player that he is when healthy, if he can stay healthy for an entire season and play at that level. You know, Greg Amzinger said last year he is the key to this team being successful and, and obviously he was just struggling with health all last year. Healthy Tyler O'Neill, stretched out Tyler O'Neill playing center field that can run, catch, throw, do all of the Things that he's capable of doing it makes this team much better,
4: and I believe the talent for Tyler O'Neill is still there, or not Tyler O'Neill for Dylan Carlson is still there. I think Dylan Carlson needs to show his talent. He's shown it at the minor league level, not significantly because he didn't have a ton of at bats. But if Tyler, uh, if Dylan Carlson can be what the Cardinals expected him to be, and you can throw him in the number two hole all of a sudden, then you've really got a long lineup. Indeed. That is Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, a lot going on in the golf world. If you watched the Battlehawks game last night, or no, it was the Blues game, wasn't it? What game was it where we were watching the Live Tour promos for being on TV were there? I think it was during the Battlehawks game. Maybe. Here comes Live. Yeah. Well, here yeah, they come. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't have any money, Randy. Jay DelSing next on 101
5: ESPN. The way to do-
0: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101
1: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Gary Davis, Randy Carricker, Opening Drive, 101 ESPN. Let's go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line where our friend and Taylor Twelman's cousin, I believe, or uncle, uh, Jay Delsing is standing by. Jay, good morning. How are you
7: doing? <laughs> hey, good morning. I'm doing great.
4: Are you Uncle Jay or cousin Jay?
7: I'm un- I'm Uncle Jay. That's my my uh, older sister's uh, oldest son. Okay, you need yeah. to
4: send him a text because he doesn't respond to Rocky's <laughs> t- text.
7: Oh, he he probably. I told him about. it. I, I got together with Taylor. He was in last week for the the stuff of the city. I told him about Rocky you to stay away from him.
6: <laughs> That's why he's not answering. Smart play. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Hey, Jay, uh, Liv is going into his second year and and normally when you're you're a business or a company going into your second year, you kind of figure some things out. You know exactly the do's and don'ts and you would think the second year would be better than the first year. It doesn't seem that way for Liv. They, they, they may be going in a in a direction that it may not be sustainable for them. How do they get out of this or are they able to get out of this?
7: I I don't know, Gary. It's interesting because I did see where they got their first sponsor on the CW. It's a a company that's affiliated with Patrick Reed, which is, um, you know, pretty impressive that they, you know, want to strap their wagon to to him. I I really don't know. One of the things I've been following guys, I've watched a little bit of this Netflix series full swing. This is kind of fun and and kind of stupid as well, but also (laughs) With the with the, the most recent uh, court proceedings, where they are, the PGA Tour is allowed to depose the second in charge of the of the PIF and and, and and things. It's it's good. it could get real because they're gonna. I think they're they're gonna take a look into some of their books um, that, that people probably these folks probably don't want people knowing what they're doing with their money. So it, it could get pretty interesting in terms of the golf, Gary. I just don't know how you how you get around a three day shotgun start where where you're trying to get world golf ranking points. I, I just uh, there's got to be some changes there. Like maybe make a cut after two days. I, I don't know. Then then they'll probably have 12 players playing on the weekend. Wow. I, I'm not sure how you I'm not sure how you do it.
4: Hey, Jay, I want to talk about a, a Golf Digest piece that's up now, and it ranks America's best courses on the water. And Nobody will be surprised that Cypress Point is one and Pebble Beach is two. We kind of forget, though, the accessibility of Whistling Straits. Golf Digest has Whistling Straits as the fifth best water golf course in the country. What do you think of that ranking?
7: Well, it's, it's pretty good. i got to tell you. Hats off to Herb Kohler to make Kohler, Wisconsin, a, a, a worldwide golf destination. Because the first time I went up there, I thought I was lost about three times. Guys, I was looking at my GPS, and <laughs> um, and, and all of a sudden you come all, uh, across this place, and you play the first hole, and you go uh, over the um, the hill, and you know it's Lake Michigan, and it is it's just spectacular. Um, so I, I love. I love Pebble Beach and 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 I've had the you know the sheer honor and pleasure to play Cypress Point quite a few times. But it's but um uh whistling Straits is 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 just is just great and then you get the courses up in Oregon in, in up in uh Bandon and and those those are those are bucket list type experiences. So anytime I mean especially growing up here guys I mean the only water we've Really saw was the Mississippi, and it just doesn't <laughs> right. really rank. You know what yeah. I mean? Like what holes built around the Mississippi? I don't, I don't know too many of those.
4: Yeah. By the way, Kiowa is listed as number six. Our friend Ozzy Smith making his way to Kiowa this weekend. I feel for him, as I'm sure you do too, Jay.
7: <laughs> oh yeah, he's a poor Ozzy. You know what? I got, I love Ozzy. He he is, he loves this game. He was so good at baseball, and now he's got the golf bug. And I know it irritates him as much as he enjoys it, you know, because he's trying to figure it out uh, with those hands. I, I mean, uh, oh my gosh, he's gonna he's he's gonna do great. But I've never been a huge fan of Kiowa guys. I just feel like it is so hard, and when the wind blows, the way that they designed Kiowa makes it nearly impossible to play Pebble Beach when the wind blows. There are ways to play it. I I just, maybe I just haven't played the ocean course enough at Kiowa, but that thing is a beast.
6: Hey, Jay, I was uh, texting with my friend the other day and he was bragging because he was going to play golf and we were sitting in the studio. And I was like, well, you know what? I hope you find all the water and all the sand you can find. And he texted me back and he said, you know what? A bad day at golf is better than any good day at work. How do you feel about that? Is a bad day at golf better than a good day at work?
7: No, I've had some <laughs> really bad. Day. I mean, I, 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 you know what? I, now that I own Wild Crush, I, I, I picked a bad time to start a job. You know, my first real job <laughs> in my life at 62. So, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I would say I, I do. I, I still feel like um, a good day. I, I mean, a bad day at the golf course is better than work. But um, um, I have embarrassed myself, Carrie, so many times where I just, you know, you'd like to call a timeout or maybe bring in a sub. Like, can someone just come in for me, just take over, because, you know, I'm going to shoot 75, and it's really embarrassing because the rest of the field is shooting 68.
4: Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN. John Rahm has the the fastest trek to three wins on the PGA Tour since 1975, Johnny Miller uh, just beat him. And, and this is the time of year, Jay, where we start talking about favorites for the Masters. And it seems to me, A, that with the way he's playing, and B, the way that Rom seems to match up well with Augusta National, that he will probably go into that tournament as a prohibitive favorite.
7: Yeah, no, no question, Randy. You know it's really fun. It's really fun to watch these really great players with extra amount of confidence. And John, Rom is super aggressive by nature, which is one of the things that I love it, and and to watch the the sort of confidence that he's playing with, he's making the game look super simple because he's still hitting plenty of bad shots, guys. He's getting good breaks. He's making a lot of putts, obviously, to do what he does, so he'll go in as a big favorite. There's He, he likes to play left to right off, off the team, um, and he definitely can draw the ball with his irons, but predominantly he likes to go left to right, so there's a couple of challenges out in Augusta, but with his power, you know, he can throttle back and 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 still win. I, I was impressed with Tigers game guys. Mm-hmm. Really, really with a ball hitting. What what what's interesting when and I hate to shift the, the, the focus off of world number one, John, but, but Tiger moves the needle and is so fun and so interesting and it won't play that much. You guys, it's interesting to watch Tiger putt like a mere mortal. You know, he mm-hmm. he um, I think it was on Friday's round Randy where he missed so many putts that we've accustomed you, you know we've been accustomed to him just kind of walking in from, you know, 6 and 8 feet. And so it was kind of refreshing, it was also a little sad. But I think what he's learning is that if he's going to get this 83rd win, which I totally believe he will. I I'm not sure about a major but he's, he's going to need to figure out a way to put himself in that situation pressure-wise so that he can deal with some of the things he's dealing with because he's making strokes that I haven't seen before. A lot of just almost just non-Tiger-like motions, which is kind of weird.
4: You've had to do that, though. You've had to get your putting game back. How do
7: you do it? You, you've got to figure out a situation that gets your juices flowing, whether it's whether it's gambling with your friends. And I know Tiger doesn't like to gamble. But what, it's it's some way, but for me it was to try to find a a, a tournament off the tour or or, or something that that real that you know when you stand over those six and eight footers you got to really care if they don't go in you know because that's what it's like on tour and uh, he's never experienced that before I mean he's he's been the best putter I've ever seen bar none and 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 I got to play with Corey Pavin an awful lot in college and. I'll tell you a funny story. In, in college, guys, I, I went in as, as a freshman from UCLA, and Corey Pavin was the um, college player of the year while I was a senior in high school. And so I tried to play with him as much as I could at UCLA and just learn as much as I could and pick his brain. And he had qualified for the Masters because he finished in uh, – he went to the semifinals of the U.S. Amateur. So they get, that used to give you an invitation into Augusta. He went down to Augusta, guys, and putted the ball in the Rays creek twice shot 80 both days and i thought man i wonder if i could get a scholarship for something else because i can't figure out a way to beat this guy and he just butted the ball into the water I, you know you can't even fathom that as an 18 year old i'm like he putted the ball in the water and and then once you get to Augusta, you're like oh i could I could butt in water. I could probably fall in the water. You know, mm-hmm. that's so easy over there.
6: Hey Jay, you talking about Tiger and, and and him maybe winning some more events? But when we look at him, he's still obviously in pain, limping. Tell, can you explain to us how hard it is to walk seventy two uh, uh, holes with with good legs, let alone being injured and, and going through all of the things that he's dealing with?
7: You know what it is, Kerry. You just you took it for granted for so long when you were younger. When we would, I mean, I would, I would play, I would practice, I would uh, go to the gym and work out for an hour, and then go to bed and do it all over again, and do it six days a week. And he, his, his workout regime was even more intense than mine. And you just take it for granted. And now he's 46 years old, and the right leg in your golf swing, guys, is the leg that you really, really push off the ground a lot with. So you push to your left. And it helps you turn faster and generate a lot of speed. And he mentioned the fact that he can't do that anymore. So that's just a part of his golf swing. But when you watch him, even in the Pro-Am, you know, he had to walk the Pro-Am, which is, a you know, a fifth day. And it, it just, I don't know if, you, if there's a way for him to build up that strength, because I don't know if you guys saw, but he was messing around with the, the brace that he wears and something in a, in a sock. And it looked as if you could almost see a steel rod on the side of his leg or something like that. And I talked to um, his uh, agent is Mark Steinberg. And I have a friend that knows Mark pretty well. And I was told that if there was anybody else that they would have amputated tiger's leg, mm. that's how bad the injury was. So, I don't know, Kerry. I think it remains to be seen. I mean, you know he has the will. You know he's not going to be out there if he does. If everything does, if everything goes right, Tiger knows he can still win. I just don't know what that. You know, if the stars are going to align that way.
4: Hey Jay, if golf fans are looking for a fun night, tell us what's going to go on Sunday night over a Wild Crush.
7: Randy, you're the best. Thank you. We're going to do a live uh, golf with Jay Delsing show. I mean, we call it live because we are alive to some degree, but the, the show will be live and then we tape it and and it's really a tape show, but we're calling it live. So from four to five at wild crush, we're going to have some Ascension charity, classic golf giveaways. Uh, Jay Williamson's going to come by. We're going to talk a little golf. We're going to maybe have a cocktail or two and, and come on by. I'll buy you a beer and we'll, you know, um, we'll, we'll feel some questions and, and uh, just, just, Hang out and talk golf, and try to try to convince ourselves that the weather's going to get warmer sooner than it is.
4: <laughs> Beautiful. That's at four o'clock on Sunday over at Wild Crush. Jay Delsing, uh, Jay Williamson, a lot of Ascension Charity Classic stuff. So that's cool. Jay, always good to have you with us on the show. By the way, who do you have at nine o'clock on Sunday morning?
7: I've got Alan Shipnick coming oh, great, on. Great. And I've got yeah. So he wrote the book on Phil, and then I've got Blake uh, Matera who is a local teacher. We're doing a series focusing on some of the local teachers, so we're going to get Bummer from Whitmore, your good buddy, Randy, Mm -hmm. who's just a great guy. Maria Palazzolo is still going to come on, and then the great Terry Grosch will round our series out probably through the middle of March. But we have some great teachers in this area that are really, really willing to help people get better at their game, and I just want to hopefully shine a light on those guys a little bit. Jay, have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on, guys.
4: See you later. That's our friend. Jay Delsing, and again, four to five over at Wild Crush in Town and Country, the uh, live with Jay Delsing Golf Show. Carrie, Randy, Matthew, coming up, get your text into the air comfort service text line 314 399 9646. That would be, if you're using letters on your phone, 314 399. Yo ho! Take it or leave it coming your way on 101 ESPN back to the opening drive podcast on
0: 101 espn
1: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers it's time for take it or leave it I want to say something
0: put it out there if you like it you can take it if you don't set it right back get your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your take it or leave it
1: brought to you by gloria lou realty visit gloria has the buyers.com and start packing.
0: That's my final offer. Take it or leave it.
4: Time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text in. 314-399-9646. Matthew. Carrie has two today. I'm Randy. CD. St. Louis SC opens up their season tomorrow in Austin. They're plus 10,000. Longest odds to win the MLS Cup. Take it or leave it. You'd put twenty bucks down on St. Louis. Oh, take it!
6: Yeah, I might put two hundred down. Yeah, what is it? What? 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 Plus ten thousand. Heck yeah! Why not?
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I'll I'll fire up the old. Uh, FanDuel sportsbook app. Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, not not a problem. Uh, go SC. Yeah, American
9: American bookies don't know anything. There's so many chants. Let's go city. There's like they they they've put out it a couple times and there's there's lyrics and stuff like that. See, Luligans are the best. I I like that to a point, (laughs) but I also think it it needs to be an organic factor to it. You know what I'm saying? No. You don't think so? Did you ever I think there's the, got to uh, be an organic F- scene. The, 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 the Luligans are the best. They're fantastic. They, the, there's got to l- be planning love the passion. ahead. No, oh, I mean, they've pla- I mean, that's you, the, And that's the way it should be. If you did like a tour down there preseason, yes. they had like their own little section, yeah. and they were handing people papers like, hey, here are all the chants.
4: Start that's memorizing the way them now. the it should be. Yep, that's right. the way it should be. I don't think planning it should be organic. The, the planning is great. They Get do it right. Going.
6: Randy, we were talking about we were talking to Jay about Tiger Woods and, and in a few years he'll be fifty, meaning he'll be able to use a golf cart. Take it or leave it, he will be as dominant as he once was while he's using a golf cart.
4: So that'll be on the champions yes, tour. And yes. I'll take that, yes. Yeah,
6: he will he will it won't be it it, it will be must see TV because he will be back to the form that he was in. And it's fifty four holes. Yeah, it's, so it's holes. not 72. it's gonna be a problem. And my other take it or leave it, Randy. Um <laughs> we've been talking about the blues pretty much all morning mm-hmm. and and their struggles they've given <laughs> us the blues <laughs> take it, yeah, I said you did there take it or leave it if teams were willing to talk to Army about trade for Cairo he would be listening
4: Ooh, I'll take it
6: I'll take it yeah I think you would Ooh,
4: that's it, where we've gotten to
6: would you you wouldn't have said that five months ago
4: no uh this is unbelievable it is it's, it, it really, really is amazing. all right what do we, what do we got on the old text line Matthew
9: Take it or leave it. The Battle Hawks will sell out the stadium for the opener, including the upper deck. I'm going to leave that. 66,000. No. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. It's a big what, what, what you?
4: What, what's your number? 40? 40 would be my max I, number. I think yeah. I'm at
6: 40, 41,
9: 42. I, I think that would be a good number. Sorry. Take it or leave it. Tyler O'Neill will not be an opening day starter. Leave it. Leave it. it. I mean, yeah. Even if I mean, if he unless beat, he's injured, if he gets yeah, beat right. out in the outfield, he just, wouldn't he just be the DH. <laughs> well, unless he's injured. <laughs> if he's injured. Yeah, yeah right I can't way. see it. I Can't see right. that, how that how it, w- it would work that way. No, Spazes, I guess. Yeah. No. The
4: last time he was a full time player, he was top five MVP and a Gold Glove winner, and uh, if he didn't win a Silver Slugger, he was close.
9: Oh, take it or leave it. Reverse Bortuzzo. If the big money Blues players don't start showing some effort, one of the young guys will drop the gloves at practice with them.
6: The way that Torbchenko sounded in that uh, sound he might be on the brink. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, though, and, and Randy, this is a this is a real problem. When you are not making X number of dollars, and someone is, it's a little bit frowned upon if you punch him in the face.
4: Yeah, it just is. Just saying. Yeah, right.
6: I, I, I mean, not saying that they don't deserve it, but I'm just saying it's a little bit frowned upon.
4: But the thing is, with this coach. He might say he, he might tell his assistants, "Let him go, let him go. Let's see what happens. Just let it see we'll see yeah. how it goes. Yep, <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it. The worst part about the game last night is that they managed to get a point. Oh, that's not bad. No, well,
4: well if, you, if you're trying to suck yeah, hard yeah. for yeah. Bedard, that's, that's, that's true, where yeah. he's going. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. here's the
9: thing: the best case scenario would be that you lose a game three to two in regulation, and your star young players. Got you know did most of the scoring to get you mm-hmm. the two. That would be the best. You know your young players played well, but you lost the game so you can get better young players again. But then you got the combination of your good players didn't play well. You gave up a lead, and then you still picked up a point. <laughs> so, so,
4: last night your two goals: Torbchenko from Bucinevich and Tucker from Bortuzzo and Barbashev. I'm saying you got to move Barbashev ASAP. If he's going to be getting assists, he, if he's going to be setting up goals, you got to move him.
6: <laughs> uh, there was a there was a play late in the I think it was the third period where he, he missed the shot, um, missed the entire net and he just kinda just kinda you could see his whole body
9: just kind of bad, right? Look,
6: just get back, man. Yeah. Go Keep Okay. Playing. Hey,
9: come on, guy. Yep. Take it to leave it. Cardinals will have six players with twenty home runs. Who Arnado Goldie, O'Neal
4: Contreras. I d I don't think Edmund, maybe Gorman. He had 14 last year in half a season. I don't see Carlson doing that. I don't see Walker doing that in his rookie year. Hmm. I don't see Newt doing that. Do you have a guy?
9: He's, Donovan's not. There's no way you get 40. I got Yepes. Do you get? I was yeah. gonna say, do you get 40 home runs from DH with a little bit of sprinkle of Gorman's coming when he's playing second base? I don't think. Like, that, do you get 20 uh, for Yepes and 20 for Cody, Gorman? Yepes would have to be unbelievable. Contreras. Who was the fourth one? O'Neal. We got a text earlier. Are we overlooking Yepe- Yepez going into the spring? Well, I mentioned,
6: I mentioned Yepez in my three things to watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah Yepez is right going to be good, but, but the thing
4: is, like, is
9: oh. his
4: the way they'll plan to use him is the exact same way they planned to use Albert last year because they do believe that Gorman is a big-time left-handed hitter. So his opportunities will come against Left-handed pitching as a designated hitter. I don't think that will afford him enough at bats to hit 20 home runs.
6: How, how many home runs? How many did they have? How many 20 home runs hitter, hitters did they have last year? Let's see, hmm. one, two. Oh, I lost it. Did Albert one, get there? One, two, three. I only had
4: three. Yeah. So now I, I would think five if everybody stays healthy. Walker, one of those five? Nope. Then I'm gonna. Who is your fifth? Uh, I thought Gorman because he had 14 last year in half a season I
6: will say I will say 6 because okay. I think I think Walker will get Walker okay. or Yepes or one of those guys no, okay. enough at bats enough at bats they'll they'll get there
4: so I have Goldie Arenado Contreras O'Neal and then my 5th is going to be Gorman
9: okay I'll throw Walker in there take it or leave it Take it or leave it. If the Twins struggle again this year, Buxton should be the trade candidate the Cardinals go for. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Randy no, no, really no. responds no, to no, no, take it or leave it, leave it with that kind of force.
4: If you're bothered by Tyler O'Neill being the first, Okay, Byron Buxton just signed a $100 million contract before last season. He is signed, let me give you his numbers here, through the 2028 season at $15 million per, which. Under ordinary circumstances, sounds like a bargain, but in his last five seasons, he has played in 28 games, 87 games, 39 games, 61 games, and last year, 92. You don't want to have a $100 million player that never even gets to 100 games played for you. And oh, by the way, he's played 100 games in a season once in an eight-year career. No, 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 no. That's not good. No. No, productive when he's healthy, rarely healthy.
9: I don't know if I've ever heard you respond to a take <laughs> no, or leave No, no, it. no, no. Just, no, no, ex- no, no, no. just like you wanted to push away from the mic. Oh <laughs> God. Oh man that, that that was that was good. Take it or leave it. Live golf and PGA eventually have a Ryder Cup style matchup against each other in ten In, in the leave, next ten years. Leave it. Leave it. is
4: not going to let a, that happen.
9: Live won't be around.
4: No, they'll they, quit.
6: Yeah, they, they. I mean, we we talk about they have money, Rock. Right? They're not making money. And. So, so, and here's the deal, business. they don't they feel like f- I,
9: you're the one who you're the one who like made that change. Yeah.
6: No, I said they I said they don't <laughs> have money. What I meant was they they they're not making money. They filed, and if you
4: don't make uh, money, eventually you won't have right. money. And, and they have filed a lawsuit, and now they don't want to provide documentation in the lawsuit that they filed documentation that's been required by the other side that they're suing, so requested by the other side that they're suing. So no, it's. You're right. They're gonna They're gonna quit because they. You think the Saudis really want to reveal their financial records, the they, insides? Yeah. No, they don't no. want to. Why would they do that? Yeah. Well, Thank you, Matthew. We get one more. Yes,
9: sir. Take it or leave. We didn't give Carrie enough time to talk about the Illini's huge comeback win yesterday. I L L.
4: I- I- you see what, I- what I got on no, today? Were,
9: they were getting cooked in the first half. I, can't, I I saw at one point it was like thirty-six to twenty and they came back to win that game they were getting cooked by northwestern I, I thought about where the nerds in, equations yeah. just fell apart in the second yeah. half i mean
6: they 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 didn't they didn't the get the it. geometry yeah, working. the angles yeah. wasn't working properly <laughs> you know we we scored 47 points in the second half. we only scored 19 in the first so.
4: <laughs> not great so we were stinking it up so when uh before i go to bed or well between periods and stuff like that i will set out my clothes for the following morning after the second period i'm setting out my blues Pullover. My blue Pullover. (laughs) See what I'm wearing today, CD? (laughs) Battle Hawks. I'm I'm a bandwagon jumper, baby. Yeah, I I got my Illinois (laughs) on today. We are. We're winners.
6: We're winners winners today. We're winners. (laughs) (laughs) The hell you think this is? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) What
4: do you think? What do you think we're doing here? We're we're just winning, baby. We don't mess around with losing Ah, here. There's a
9: bandwagon I can jump on. Come on. There's a bandwagon
4: I can jump on. And thanks for your text. Coming up at the Athletic, Jim Bowden has given his offseason. grades. We'll tell you what he thinks of the Cardinals next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
1: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. 8.07
4: 807 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And, Kerry, the Cardinals are um, an interesting team this year. Jim Bowden gave his offseason grades at the Athletic. He gave the Cardinals a B for their offseason. Let's start with this. Do you agree with that grade for the Cardinals?
6: Um, I do. I, I like it. I think, you know, the addition of Wilson Contreras, I, I, obviously, I think everyone assumed that they were going to go get maybe another left hand another left-handed bat or maybe another pitcher. But the the way that they went about their business this this offseason I thought was really was okay. Now I think the big hit was Wilson Contreras getting him, mm-hmm. you know, to take over for Yachty was the most important, the most important position for them to get and they got it. I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. I think Cardinal fans would be a little bit frustrated because we were expecting a bigger, more, more splashes in free agency, but uh, we got a really big splash in Wilson Contreras.
4: I think I'll go B or B minus as well. I would have liked to have seen the Cardinals get a, another sixth or seventh veteran starter. I mm. would have loved to have seen them bring Quintana back. Yeah. At the price that he got, twenty six over two, I don't think I, is outrageous. I would have as well. Yeah. So that's that is one place where I think they could have done better. But Bowden says the Cardinals' top top offseason priority was to acquire a catcher to replace Yadier Molina, and they wasted little time before landing Contreras. Bowden writes, it will be a big transition for the Cardinal pitching staff, which will go from possibly the best game caller of all time in Molina to an offensive catcher in Contreras. That's being kind on the part of Bowden. How much mm-hmm. of an effect will that have on the staff beyond the Contreras move? Cardinals didn't do much. They made zero trades despite having a wealth of depth in pitchers and outfielders to potentially deal. Key question Will Contreras game calling improve with the Cardinals? That's one of my big questions for spring training. And you hope. That with Yachty working with him a little bit and with the pr- approach the Cardinals take, that it will. So my my
6: my question for this is always: They have pitch calm, right? They have mm-hmm. they have the ability to to tell
4: the pitcher what pitches they want, and well, it's just for for fielding though. That's the problem. You can't. Okay. That so. You, you, the dugout can't use pitch call, okay. so he can. Contreras can.
6: But the dugout can tell Wilson what pitches need to be pitched yes. if it's not yeah, an, an ordained feeling that he has or an understanding. He can look to his right and say, hey, "What are we? What are we throwing mm-hmm. here?" And they can tell him. And so, I don't really concern myself so much with controlling a staff because if it's that bad or if it's not as to the level that you would need it to be look into the dugout and and get an idea Mm -hmm. of what pitches need to be thrown in this situation this count, you know, this hitter it it, it doesn't become that hard. For me the pitch framing part of it which is what Yachty did so extremely well getting those pitches that were just an Mm -hmm. inch or two off the plate to making it look like it was on the plate for the the umpire to give your, your pitcher a strike. Those are the things that I'm more concerned with as opposed to just being able to call a game.
4: By the way Contreras played for maybe the best teacher in baseball over the course of the last decade and a half in Joe Madden. Mm -hmm. Then he played for probably the best guy outside of Yachty in terms of dealing with the staff in David Ross. He's not going to get better at that. He's just not. That's just what he is. Yeah, If he hasn't gotten better under those guys, he's just not going to.
6: But is it that important? And by that, I mean
4: because if it it gets to that level, you can get the answer from inside. I don't think this year it is. Wainwright, Michaelis, Flaherty, Matt Montgomery, they all know what they want to do. Right. So you just let them have conviction for their pitches. He does, and by the way, it's harder with the, the pitch timer anyway. Right. Just let those guys make call their own game. Next question Bowden asks is, Will Jordan Walker, whom I rank as the number 1 prospect in baseball, make the team out of spring training? If not, who will play right field? Lars Newtbar, Alec Burleson? I would say that at some point, quickly, Mm -hmm. that Jordan Walker will be in right field for the Cardinals. And my guess, C.D., would be that on opening day, Lars Newpar is a
6: right fielder. And then you have to ask the question, how long does he stay there? How long before Jordan Walker comes up? And does Newt move to a different position? I think Tyler O'Neill deciding to want to play center field makes, you know, opens things up a little bit more because I, I believe he was penciled in and left field and everyone just thought for sure that he was left field, Dylan was uh, mm-hmm. was
4: center and, and Newt or Jordan Walker would be right field, but now it opens it up a little bit more. And, and Bowden asks another interesting question, and we can add to it. He asks, can Dylan Carlson have his breakout season? Or we'll ask is this his break season of a make yeah. or break?
6: Yeah, I, that we talked to Claves the other day and Claves said this is his opportunity. It, it is a make or break season for him. It, whether or not he's still in a Cardinal uniform, fighting for his Cardinal life, fighting for his professional baseball life potentially, if he's not able to beat out Tyler O'Neill. and that to me is what makes sports fun. I said mm-hmm. it again, that competing, knowing that you have someone that is going to be pushing you and you have to be your best every single day because if not if that person is making plays and you aren't,
4: you're probably not going to get many opportunities. Bowden's next question does Adam Wainwright have one more solid season in him? Well, Wainwright's also uh, already going to be on the opening drive Wednesday. So yes, he does have that solid yes. season in him simply because he has the opening drive bump going for him.
6: And and that is an important thing Randy. we Huge. talk about it all the time you know, we, we try to get the, the guys on the day of their game because that usually means they're going to perform well, mm-hmm. score goals, hit home runs, throw strikeouts. All those things happen when you join us at the opening drive. For those out there that are listening, you should be calling in and trying to get on because it's going to
4: elevate your game it to is. a different level. Another question Can Steven Matz stay healthy? I will answer that question with a question Is Steven Matz in the last year of a contract? No, he, he's, no. The, he, he's oh, he got a four-year he, deal. He's in, in the second year deal. of a four-year deal. So can Stephen Matz stay healthy? No, no, oh, Randy, Randy, yeah, does sound yeah, it sound bitter?
6: It sounds like a conspiracy theory. Kind of that is. guys fine only line. play
9: well when line. they are yeah. when they are going into their final year. Fine line between bitter and realistic. <laughs>
6: oh no, it sounds like a conspiracy, Randy. We don't. This isn't scripted. This isn't the NFL.
4: Some guys carry. Some guys just saying every now and then just just saying All right. <laughs> and then finally can jack Flannerty return to being a top of the rotation starter absolutely um, i made a prediction about him last year didn't quite work out but i'm no. going to make another prediction, prediction m- this year i'm going for it how many starts for Flannerty yeah. this year
6: 28 so i was going to say 25
4: okay they're going to protect him he's going to go 20
6: 25 starts how many wins on those 20 of those 25 starts? 28 starts 16 28
4: wins yeah. Oh, write yeah. Write
9: that down, 16
6: Rock. and 5. Okay. 16 and 5 on 28 starts. Do, mm-hmm. I, do you have an ERA uh, for K- me? Hey,
9: Carrie, I have some written down just above this with your na- note. it's say? not looking great. Huh. Uh, M-I-Z. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah. So you're going, you're going 28 starts. 16 and, and 5. 16 and 5 with we a 100, an ERA. ERA. 179
4: innings. Wow. Oh,
9: wow.
4: 205 oh. strikeouts. Okay.
9: Let us see, .1.
4: And the earned run average will be two point eight eight.
9: Wait, you're saying he he gets 200 strikeouts 200 and under thirty starts?
4: Yeah, I mean he he's done it, right? That's true, but still. So he's a horse. Yeah. All right. When uh,
9: he That's, was that, I mean he's shoving every night at that point.
6: He, he <laughs> just said he's gonna get twenty eight starting starts and sixteen wins. Is that is that yep. is that a Cy Young candidate? He's a Cy Young candidate. All right.
4: Uh, Can you write that down too, Rock? Oh, my bad. Dude. 2019, I got you. 196 innings, 231 Ks. 2018, 151 innings to 182 Ks. So uh, yeah, he'll be back to that form. Heck, even uh, 2021, when he was the best pitcher in baseball at the uh, at, at Memorial Day when he got hurt, he was uh, 78 and a third with 85 Ks. He's always more than a strikeout in inning guy.
9: Your lips are wherever God there may be ears. <laughs> yeah.
4: Kurt Warner, let's see if we can get Jack Flaherty healthy.
9: All righty. Oh, my
4: God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dispute this. That's,
9: that's fair. That's fair. No, the St. Louis Rams
4: no. won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They did. The Arizona Cardinals were in a Super Bowl. They were. Is there anybody else that could put them in Super Bowls besides God? No. Thank you. All he was right. alive and well and wearing number 13. <laughs>
9: You are. Hurt. I see it did there, Randy. Right? Does that make Brock Purdy? Uh, no. Didn't. Okay. He, he, didn't he, he, he didn't get there. Any, any Super Bowls? Makes the Super Bowl. <laughs> any Super Bowls? Saying he's working his way up. Yeah. Took it into like 30. I'm just saying. Yeah.
4: That is today's uh, fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Not the God stuff, but the, the baseball yeah.
9: stuff. <laughs> Pretty
4: fresh take, though. Got yeah, to, I Pretty guess. Pretty fresh take. Uh, yeah. Hey, which non rookie first year starting quarterback next season has the best chance to be in the playoffs? That's next on 101 ESPN
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN
1: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: There are going to be a lot of first year for their first entire season starters in the nfl in 2024 it's really going to be interesting and we're going to take a look at some of those and not the guys that are going to be rookies but players that are non-rookies that will get their first chance to start 17 games in the nfl and we're going to try to break down who has the best chance to make the playoffs now Those guys include Kenny Pickett, who obviously didn't start the season for the Steelers because Mitchell Trubisky did. Also, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy of the Niners. Malik Willis, will he start in Tennessee? We don't know. Matt Corral in Carolina. Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay with the retirement of Tom Brady. Jared Stidham with the jettisoning of Derek Carr. Stidham will get an opportunity with the Raiders. Sam Howell's already been named the starter for the uh, Washington Commanders, and Jordan Love, who will probably get his first opportunity to start a full season with the Green Bay Packers. Okay, let's down run down the list. And let's do it this way, CD. Who has a better chance to be in the playoffs between Kenny Pickett and Trey Lance? Pretty, wow. pretty good. That, that's a pretty good first battle right there.
6: It is. It, it is a good battle. And, and for me, it goes for me. It goes by the the players around them, the sporting cast. How many guys around them? How good is the team that is around them? Now, if you look at that San Francisco team, had Brock Purdy or Trey Lance probably been able to play in that game, they may have been in the Super Bowl. But but Brock got injured. Kenny Pickett has a has a good group of guys around him as well. Great receivers, great running back, um, very very good tight end. I think it's a it might be a toss up between those two. I would go with Kenny Pickett because based off of what he did last year, and we have not seen enough of Trey Lance just Mm -hmm. yet to really know if he's able, even with all of the the pieces around him, if
4: he's able to actually succeed. I think it's very close as well. But I'm looking at having a division with Cincinnati and Baltimore as opposed to having a division with the Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, yeah. So I'm going to go with Lance. It, 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 I mean, that matters as well. Yeah, and we take Lance over Purdy, right? Because Lance presumably is going to be more healthy. And I think be, so. They'll be more inclined to, because of what they gave up to get right. Trey Lance, be more inclined to give him the opportunity. And Brock
6: played well, but he's still injured. He hasn't even had surgery yet. No. Still dealing with swelling, swelling in his uh, in his elbow. Hasn't been able to even have surgery. So
4: we'll I, see. I think it's so unfair to label young quarterbacks. But that being said, the the Tennessee Titans decided to go with Josh Johnson in a playoff game and he'd been there for like 3 weeks rather than Malik Willis who had been there the whole season.
6: Malik is a is a is a guy that I think has a lot of potential maybe still um trying to figure out how to be the best quarterback that he can be. He has the potential, he has the arm strength, just understanding defenses and getting the ball where it needs to go. Sometimes young quarterbacks When they are, if their first read isn't there and and they're athletic or mobile, they tend to take off, which makes it difficult for the offensive line to know where you are. Difficult for the receivers to stay engaged in in route concepts and route running because they don't know if or when the ball is going to be on time. So I think he's a young man with a lot of talent. I don't know if he's if I would have still he would still be below the 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 topper the top pick that I chose earlier.
4: So we'll take Lance over Willis yes. with an opportunity to make the playoffs. Here's an intriguing one. Matt Corral. I find it notable that the Carolina Panthers have not welcomed Derek Carr to Charlotte yet. Now, Frank Reich and uh, they they might bring him in, but they took Corral last year. The same GM mm-hmm. by the way took Matt Corral last year for a different head coach, that's a team that could easily be a playoff team. We just don't know about Corral. If you're going to go with for me, Lance or Matt Corral, I think Matt Corral can have a really good season. I think Lance has a better chance to make the playoffs.
6: I think what we do know is there were four quarterbacks that started for the Carolina Panthers last year. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, and Matt Corral got, they, they all had opportunities and so I don't know if there was – I think he was injured he was earlier, early yeah. in the year, which which was probably part of the reason why he didn't get that that chance. But I don't know if he's the guy either. It's going to be an opportunity for him, obviously, if they don't go and draft a quarterback or if they don't decide to bring in uh, an Aaron Rodgers or, or Derek Carr in the offseason. He'll have an opportunity – I don't know if that roster is is set up for him to succeed. I know they run the ball extremely well. They did in the in the postseason. I mean, in the regular season when uh, when Rule got fired. But I don't know if they can sustain that. They're in a good conference, really? in a good division though, because that division stinks yeah. right now. So maybe maybe they could actually come out of it if they are able to run the ball well and he's able
4: to find receivers. Same division and a surprisingly effective Atlanta Falcons team last year. Most of the year they used Marcus Mariota. Then they turned to Desmond Ritter down the stretch. Still had a chance to make the playoffs in the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. If you're throwing to Kyle Pitts and you're throwing to Drake London and you're handing the ball off to Cordero Patterson, who would have ever thought we'd say that I about know, 2024, right? <laughs> but he's pretty good, you, you have some weapons there if you're Desmond Ritter.
6: You do. You got a lot of talent there and, and some guys around him. It would have been good if they decided to keep Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. uh, instead of trading him away. But, you know, we'll see how how well he does. Some of these guys that didn't get chances to really show what they were able to do, the later round draft pick quarterbacks, guys going into their second year, this is a a, a a crucial year for them to figure out if they are going to be the guy or if they, this staff and this organization needs to go in a different direction. I'm not sold on Desmond Ritter either, yet him and Corral are kind of one and the same to me. They, they are pretty much... Still, the jury is out on whether or not they can actually play football. They got opportunities, but I need to see more because that Falcons offense, despite all of the talent that they have, they weren't overly explosive in in playmaking and getting the ball, pushing the ball down the field. Kyle Pitts was a was a little bit of a disappointment this year. Drake London came on later, but Kyle Pitts was a, was really disappointing in in his play and the number of catches and
4: targets that he had this season. And they win seven and ten. Did the Atlanta Falcons? A guy I wish your Steelers would have taken a couple of years ago is Kyle Trask. He presumably is set to take over in Tampa. Uh, Again, he hasn't played. He was terrific in Florida. He was a Heisman finalist. He seems to have all the tools. He's kind of Ben-esque. He's 6'5", 230. He's hard to bring down. He's got a good, strong arm. And he was coached early on by Bruce Arians. Also had the opportunity to work under Byron Leftwich, Mm -hmm. who was another big quarterback. And... I I wonder about Kyle Trask. I, again, because of what surrounds him and all the cap issues that are ailing Tampa and the fact that they're probably looking at a veteran, I wouldn't take Kyle Trask over Trey Lance in terms of making the playoffs.
6: So I I think Kyle Trask is probably in the best position of all. Because I talk about the supporting cast. They still have a lot of talent down there in Tampa. A lot of guys that can run routes, catch passes, Mike Evans, um, and and you got Leonard Fournette able to run the football. They are still extremely talented. Their issue was up front, just not having the the bodies Mm -hmm. or the people. A lot of injuries, some people retiring, moving on. They were injured up front often all season. And so if they can get that part of their game corrected – I, I don't want to say you can throw anybody back there, Randy, but you can you can put a lot of people back there and they will have success because because of the weapons that they have on that Godwin. They have a lot of weapons out
4: okay, there. Okay, so Trask because we're trying to pick one here, Trask or Lance?
6: I'm because of going the situation with, I, and going because Lance. I'm gonna go with Trask because okay. of the because of the the what they have around him and because I haven't we don't know what Trey Lance is. He hasn't really he's been injured and hasn't played a lot of football in his entire career, not just, not just pro college as well. It's been a long time.
4: Poor Jared Stidham, coached by the most overrated head coach in the history of the league. And then he goes to Vegas, <laughs> and he winds up <laughs> behind Carr, and then they choose him rather than Carr. But he's in a division with the Super Bowl champions and the best team in the league, with a good young quarterback in Herbert, and also with now Sean Payton, uh, for their sake, hopefully... Getting Russell Wilson straightened out. I just don't see Jared Stidham and the Raiders being able to make the playoffs. Yeah,
9: I don't. Or any other
4: quarterback.
6: Yeah, that that doesn't seem like an organization that that kind of does the right thing. I mean, you get rid of the the all time passer in your your franchise history. I I don't know why. I don't know Mm -hmm. what you thought you were going to get out of him. They didn't. They didn't give um, Josh Jacobs the, the, the the fifth year extension for for. His uh, rookie contract, they they didn't sign, resign, they didn't do that, so he's going to be a free agent this up, upcoming season, probably a franchise him, but still there is a lot of uh, confusion I think going on in that in that Raiders organization. They got some things that they got to figure out, and it's going to start with the quarterback. I don't know that Jared Stidham is going to be your guy long term. Mm-hmm. That is going to bring you the success that you need to have in that conf- in that
4: division. We saw in the last game of the season that Sam Howell. The former North Carolina quarterback has a big arm for Washington, but I don't see Washington making the playoffs.
6: So Washington is another one. When I talk about the talent around them, you got Terry McLaurin, you got uh, Antonio Gibson, you got some, you got some guys that can play football there, and then you just get an offensive coordinator in in Eric Bieniemy who hopefully. Is going to bring that same mindset, same philosophy as far as getting guys open. He's going to have to find a, a tight end. I was hearing RG3 talking about it the other day. If they can get a tight end for for Sam Howe, which mm-hmm. will impact the middle of the field in the same way that obviously Travis Kelsey does with the with the Kansas City Chiefs, then you are looking at a potential to be a much better a much better um, quarterback in this conference and in this division. And I think they have a very good defense in Washington which also allows you to have a very good offense and very good quarterback.
4: Okay, so you right now have Trask. I right now have Lance. Do you give Howell, again, in that division with the NFC champions, do you give Howell a better opportunity to make the playoffs than Kyle Trask? Yes. Wow. Okay, okay. Yes,
6: because I really like, I I mean, I love Terry McLaurin. I think he's a special talent, and they got running back-wise, they do a good job. And With I Robinson think too, we Robinson, too. Robinson, Brian yep. Robinson. If they find the the tight end and a and a, a a number two receiver, they had a couple of receivers. I can't. I'm dropping his name right now. But they find that we've
4: got uh, Curtis Samuel, not Curtis, Divo, Samuel, Curtis Samuel. And
6: and if they find another tight end, a tight end that Evan can stretch England? the middle. There, oh Randy! Now you, now you're speaking my language. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent. <laughs> I mean, you're speaking my language. I love Evan Ingram. I do too. Either him or someone in the draft. I think you're looking at a very, very good offense.
4: Okay, so right now I still have Lance, and uh, Kerry has Sam Howell, and the biggest X factor of all is Jordan Love getting yeah. his first opportunity to start the full season with the Packers.
6: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's going to start. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. He'll, he'll, he'll leave. He'll get traded. They'll remove that. Kind they'll move that 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 man from from that organization and off the books and Jordan Love will get his first opportunity to actually play. I don't I don't know. I don't know who he's going to If Aaron Rodgers couldn't get those receivers earlier in the season to to have the success that they needed to is Jordan Love? I mean, maybe they have a little bit better chemistry. They got better the receivers did as the season went on, but I still don't know if that's enough for them to have the success that they need to now in in I think they're in a division where, you know, you got the Chicago Bears who are going to be not very good. Detroit mm-hmm. Lions, I think, are going to be very good. And the Vikings are always going to be a, a 8, 9, 10, 11 win team, somewhere in that range, depending on how their one score mm-hmm. games go. So uh, it's a tougher division because of the, what the Lions should be and what the Vikings are. I don't think that, that I wouldn't take Jordan Love over Howell right now. <sighs>
4: Gary, I I think that they have a chance. I think Green Bay can be really good. I do like the weapons. I do like the two running backs. But I've got a guy here that's playing offense, and his defense is the best defense in the league. He's got Debo Samuel. He's got Brandon Ayuk. He's got George Kittle. He can hand the ball off to 23. If it's a pass play and he can't find one of those guys, just look for 23 and get the ball into his hands. I don't know how you can screw up if you're the quarterback of the 49 Well, He'll I guess you can. If you're <laughs> not healthy, I guess, I guess think you're that Josh, would be the starter. You know, if you're Josh Johnson, you can. Yeah. But <laughs> I, th- I think Trey Lance is my guy. I think of all of those quarterbacks, Pickett, Lance, Purdy, Willis, Corral, Ritter, Trask, Stidham, Howell, and Love all getting their first opportunities. I think Lance is the one guy that I'm picking to make the playoffs,
6: and and I'm going to go with Sam with, with Sam Howe, 'cause because when I talk when I think about Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, those guys get after the quarterback on the defense and they play really good football
4: and a really good defensive and, and, coach
6: and a really good defensive coach and I think they are they they got some they got some talent on that side of the football uh, and then then on the offensive side so do they, they do as well so I think the the Commanders with Eric enemy. Mm-hmm. Leading that offense in Sam Howe. So yeah, those
4: are the picks for the opening drive. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and by the way, congratulations to Malik Willis. You just made the playoffs, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, it's the fight on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the
0: red corner, Average Joe Listener. Disputed king of Morning Drive, please welcome Randy Carricker.
6: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Sam. Sam, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. You ready to take on Megamind? Yeah, I've been waiting for a while, trying to get on for a couple of weeks. All right, here we go. Well,
9: there will be another fight between me and Carrie here. He doesn't like the, yeah, the word. he wants a word. We got a word here. We got a, <laughs> we're we're going to
6: discuss <laughs> off air later. <laughs> there, there are only three players in NHL history to score 80 or more goals in a single season. Gretzky, Hull, and who else? Is it Mike Bossy,
9: Phil Esposito, or Mario Lemieux? Uh, let's go with Mario Lemieux. All right, Hall of Fame pass rusher Fred Dean is most well-known for his Super Bowl runs with the 49ers in the second half of his career. Which team traded him to San Fran in 1981 and later called it one of the dumbest decisions in franchise history? Was it the San Diego Chargers, the Chicago Bears, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
8: Uh, Chicago Bears make a lot of mistakes. Let's go with them.
6: All right, Sam. Which diminutive guard holds the NBA single-season record with 30 assists? Single game. Sorry. Single game record. Excuse me. Which? Let me start over. Which diminutive guard holds the NBA single game record with 30 assists? John Stockton, Scott Skiles, or Rajon Rondo? Uh,
9: Stockton. All right, and who is the only player in NFL history to tally multiple 20-plus-sack seasons in their career? Is it DeMarcus Ware, J.J. Watt, or Mark Gastineau?
8: J.J. Mm, Watt. All right, we'll
9: double-check the scores, and we'll bring in Randy Carricker.
6: How you feeling, Sam?
9: I wish
8: you would ask some
6: baseball
1: questions, but... Uh,
9: well, we can blame
6: Rock
8: for that.
1: They,
6: that's Rock. Rock chose the questions. He didn't choose any baseball today. Shame on you, Rock. Randy is coming in. He has a, a couple of drinks. Oh, my goodness. He has two drinks. He's double-fisted Mountain Dew in one and Propel in the other. You betcha, big he boy. He's ready to roll. You you are you are all jacked up off Mountain Dew. You're ready to go. Yes, I am. <laughs>
4: Randy, say hello to Sam. Sam, good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate you tuning in today. All right, Randy, you ready?
6: Ready. All right, here we go. There are only three players in NHL history to score 80 or more goals in
4: a single Mm -hmm. season. Gretzky, Hull, and who else? If I'm not mistaken, Mario Lemieux had an 85-goal season, so I will go with uh, Super Mario.
9: Randy, Hall of Fame pass rusher Fred Dean is most well-known for his Super Bowl runs with the 49ers in the second half of his career. Mm -hmm. Which team traded him to San Fran in 1981, later calling it one of the worst moves in franchise history?
4: That would have been uh, the Air Coriel Chargers that traded Fred Dean to the uh, San Francisco 49ers.
9: Which diminutive
6: guard holds the NBA single game record with 30 assists? Diminutive?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. 30 in a game. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: (laughs) There's a lot of diminutive guards out there. The Mm -hmm. first thing I think of is Muggsy Bogues, but I don't think he did 30. Diminutive. Nate Robinson, diminutive. Oh, the little guy that uh, Patrick had his jersey. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It was a Nuggets jersey. He was really diminutive. Okay, I got to do the lifeline here. Carry okay,
6: on. here we go. 30 in a game. John Stockton. No. Scott Skiles. No. Rajon Rondo. None of those are diminutive.
9: <laughs> exactly! Exactly. They're all six. They're all that's six. Diminutive. No, that's Tim. diminutive. That's that's oh diminutive my, for an NBA, not, NBA not, point guard. You're either six, six, three is like the yeah. average height for an NBA no, point guard. Diminutive is five nine five eight. Oh, there you go. There's not that many
4: of those. <sighs> who is the little guy for Denver? I'll go Scott Skiles, by the way. But who is the guy? uh Diminutive, the little not Rob, Robert Pack. Um, I know. Who you, I can see his face. Patrick had a. Uh, I'll, I'll see. It. Oh. Patrick knows. He had.
9: He had his germs. I know. who You're talking about little tiny Earl Denver. Boykins. Earl Boykins. Boykins. There you Thank, it is. Is. Thank yeah. you, Patrick. He was diminutive. Excuse yeah. me for saying six one NBA players. Oh. Six one is not. At in a, all. In the NBA, I think At it is. All. That's all I'm saying. I see 6'1", and I think that's a small point guard. I, I said that we, we had this. We were trying to hash Carey's, this out before the, you Carey's got in here. Kerry's got a personal beef I, against I this. I definitely no, have a personal it, because beef. Because he's, Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah right, i going to say it, it but I'm not going to say it. Five. There you go. That's, that's diminutive. diminutive. But there's like, f- there's like six total I guys who are shorter than not anybody on this list. Diminutive Tiny Archibald, Muxy Bogues. Diminutive is a guard that's smaller than Kerry. And I,
4: it was shorter than Carrie and <laughs> this, I. This, this That's diminutive. This is why I, this I, is why I this six is, two.
9: This is
6: why I, and I'm five they They're all 6'1. That's not diminutive. That's, not diminutive That's the same size as
9: me. I'm oh, sorry, Carrie. Uh, this is a Carrie's personally offended. It, it really the problem, is. I will tell you, if you played
3: for the
4: Rams, you were six foot. Huh? If you played for the Rams, you were six. <laughs> there foot. you
9: go. I was six feet in college.
4: Yep, London Fletcher, man, six foot. Indeed.
9: would still be mad that my cutoff is 6'1. one. No. No, I'm I like four. being 6'2", though, <laughs> by the way. Right.
4: Some people find 6'2 <laughs> big and attractive. Not diminutive.
9: Yeah, not at all. Not all even. right. Uh, who is the only player, Randy, in NFL history to tally multiple 20-plus sex seasons?
4: Okay. T- multiple 20. Uh, so it wasn't Gastineau. I don't think that uh, Michael Strahan did it. Um, I think it was relatively recently. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go J.J. Watt. J.J.,
9: not T.J. I'm going to go J.J.
3: That's
9: what I'm going to say. He made a change late here in his, in his rationale for his fourth question and answer. Wasn't enough for Randy character to keep on rolling through the fight? Or do we have my favorite thing in the world going into a weekend with Randy not too happy with me because Sam got a win? Ring that bell. Go crazy,
0: folks!
1: Go crazy! And still, champion of the fight, Randy Character. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of five dollars a month. Download the app
9: today. Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Randy. You, I'm mean, sorry. So I'm sorry, Sam. You, Randy. I'm not sorry for you. Uh, Sam, I'm sorry for you because Randy, you heard Mr. Buck, and that means that Randy got all four right. He beat you four to two today, Sam.
8: Oh man. Job, Randy. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Appreciate Not, it. Sam.
9: Not a bad showing, Sam. The only three players in NHL history to score 80 or more goals in a single season. Gretzky did it twice. Brett Hall with that magical 86, and then Mario Lemieux right behind him in third, with the third player ever to score 40. Fred Dean. Most well-known for his Hall of Fame career, pretty much with the San Francisco 49ers, a lot of sacks, two Super Bowls, but he put up a bunch, and it was a dumb trade by the San Diego Chargers who sent him up the road, and which diminutive, sorry, which guard holds the NBA single-game record with 30 assists is, in fact, Scott Skiles, all 6'1", 185 pounds of him, <laughs> and who's the only player in NFL history to tally multiple 20-plus sack seasons. It is, in fact, J.J. Watt who put up in 2012 and 2014. Again, a 4-2 win for Randy. Sam, thank you so much for joining the fight. Thank you so much for joining the show.
8: Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks,
9: Sam.
4: Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Okay, text to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399- 9646. So, what is the meaning of diminutive? Very small. Just as diminish means to grow smaller, diminutive means very small. Very small. When writing about language, diminutive, as both an (laughs) adjective and a noun, refers to particular endings and the words made with them to indicate smallness. Earl Boykins, uh, 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 next one, off the rails today? Yeah, kinda. Uh, Earl Boykins, 30 points at 5 feet 5 inches. A next one that settles it I'm officially now diminutive that from 314 <laughs> In
9: uh, NBA in relative to NBA? Yes. We
4: probably are. Randy. So we were in I'm a cool meeting
9: in thing.
6: Pittsburgh one day and we were watching film, and I made this, a big catch is why on he's the sideline. This is why he's angry. We, we were in practice, and I made a catch on the sideline, got both feet in, both feet in. Mm-hmm. and our head coach, our fearless leader, Mike Tomlin, said, our diminutive fullback makes a heck of a catch. And, Randy, at the time, I had no clue what diminutive meant, but I felt as though it was an insult. So I went and looked it up. I didn't have my phone. I went and figured it out. I said, hey, man, hey, what the hell are you talking about? No damn diminutive. you? Hey, Mike T., <laughs> and he's laughing. He is laughing. I say, hey man, do not do that again. It's not funny. Five five is diminutive. Mugsy Bogues is diminutive. Earl Boykins, Spud Webb, the, Isaiah Thomas, the, the, new the, Isaiah. The, the new Isaiah Thomas yeah. is diminutive. When he put diminutive on there, I said, "Rock, what? What is this?" He said,
9: "They're all under six one." It's unfortunate that my fight questions are so good. You guys have to find little oh. things to nitpick. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, really, truly.
6: All right. Well, it is what it is. We're, we're diminutive, goes from, I guess, six to and under at this point.
4: Yeah. Have you guys, by the way, uh, ever thought about the incongruity of the fact that you can order a jumbo shrimp?
9: Nah. Makes me happy. I love jumbo shrimp.
4: Barbecued shrimp over at uh, Annie Gunn's life changing try it uh this is the opening drive on 101 ESPN Kerry Davis what? he's got his hands raised the
9: average in 2021 average, the average height for a point guard for, is 6 foot 3 yes i'm taking i'm 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 rolling with the minute 6 it? foot 1 what point was guard. it when Scott Skiles John um, Stockton were playing um darn it it yeah. was it, it went over 6 foot 2 for the first time in 2013 so then in in the 80s and 90s when Stockton was playing it was. Yeah. It was, it was six. Was, foot. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Okay. So they <laughs> aren't.
6: They aren't that diminutive, Dimini, then, are they, Rock? Earl Boykins <laughs> is diminutive. <laughs> Spud
4: Webb is diminutive. <laughs> five eight, five five. That's. I t- knew five, when seven, you heard diminutive. the names
6: on the list. You like, what the hell is that? in? not diminutive. Everybody I said leading up to that yeah, was.
9: A small small small, I guy, think it's, right? small I think it's Scott Scholars as six, small one. point guards. I think of them as small point guards. Oh, Rock. Even there's a weird difference. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry is, is, is a top ten. A small point guard with a large. Okay. bike. you're <laughs> small point guard. He's five ten, yeah. right? Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Lowry it, he might listed, be. Six, he's listed at six He looks like he's about one. five eleven. Yeah, he's listed at, at at six one, I think.
4: Okay, so. Uh, you are kind of moving the goalposts here. Happy uh are goalposts? <laughs> uh, diminutive. This is according to our not friends to get, at Dictionary.com. Another com. dictionary definition. Uh, Extremely uh, or unusually small. That's diminutive.
9: All right. Fair enough.
4: Okay. Thank you. Uh, coming up next, what are reasonable expectations for Lars Knutbar in 2023? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You are
1: back to the Opening Drive Podcast
4: on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Over at Fangraphs,
4: the ever-accurate Zips projection has Lars Bar this year hitting 228 with a 328 on base and a .440 slug. That would be a 6, seven68 OPS after accumulating a better OPS than that last year in 2022. When he had a 448 slug and a 340 on base for a 788 OPS and a 228 batting average. There are a ton of different projections. Many of the numbers people think that Newt Barr is going to be superb. Many of the other numbers people think that he will be below average. I have to think because he's a guy that over the course of his minor league career wasn't really highly regarded, Kerry, I think he's a guy that found his way at the Major League level last Mm -hmm. year and turned into a player, and I think he's figuring things out and brings things to the table that other people don't, I I think that he is going to be fine. I don't think that he'll be necessarily a breakout 820 OPS guy, but I think he'll be a really nice, serviceable player for the Cardinals. If he isn't that
6: breakout star, um, does that lead to him not playing every day? I mean, I think he, with the competition level in the outfield right now, we've talked about Obviously, Tyler and, and and Dylan, we've talked about potentially Jordan Walker. The unknown in in Alec Burleson and Moises Gomez, we don't mm-hmm. really know what those two even, what they are or who they are just yet because we haven't seen enough or any, in, in my opinion, for in my uh, case for, for Moises Gomez. If he's not a star or is not ascending into that that type of player, is he still an everyday player? Can he still be an everyday player if he's not
4: that? I think he needs to do what he did last year. I think he okay. can. To to answer your question, yes. But the thing is, the Cardinals really struggled with left-handed hitting last year. They signed Dickerson. He was great for only a month. Mm-hmm. They brought up Donovan. He was great. They brought up Gorman. He was good for a while and then really faded. They brought up Alec Burleson. They really have not gotten the sort of left-handed production they thought they were going to get out of Dylan Carlson when they brought him up as a switch hitter. So... The best left-handed hitter that comes out of the group, and one of them will be a second baseman, but the, the best one to come out of the group otherwise, whether it's Carlson or Newt Barr, is going to get an opportunity right. virtually every day. Because they, they, they need a left-handed they bat. Left-handed. Yep. Yep. they left-handed. Yeah.
6: Ha- they don't have that on the
4: roster, which is why right. there was talks about Cody Bellinger in the offseason. Right. And Newt actually brought a little bit more pop than I think people expected that he would bring last year with 14 homers and, uh, and 53 runs batted in. And... uh let me get to the. He he also had a bunch of extra base hits. So beyond the home runs, he was a guy that the Cardinals could count on for a little bit of pop.
6: Is he a is he a potential twenty home run guy? I think we had yeah, with fourteen it, last year. You think he can get there? I, th- I think he two can. Two more played appearances. Uh, yeah. two more games played. You look at about forty more games. Fourteen being played.
4: homers. He did it in only two hundred ninety at bats. So if he's an everyday player, yeah. that's twenty eight home runs because you, you double that up. Uh, and then I mentioned the. the the doubles he had sixteen doubles, uh, three triples in the fourteen homers. So he had thirty three extra base hits. You get sixty six extra base hits. That would, is what he would project mm-hmm. to, if he wound up with six hundred at bats. That's awesome. Yeah,
6: I, I mean we'll see if he gets that opportunity to get it. It's gonna, it's gonna all play out in, in in spring training. Who is gonna be the star? Who's gonna be the guy to get that chance? Because that outfield seems like it's it's pretty loaded. It is a lot of talent mm-hmm. out there and and a lot of guys that can hit. Now let me ask you this Randy, do you think that the fielding aspect of it plays plays uh, uh, into it as well, it like does. heavily because if they aren't fielding as well or or is he a a plus fielder or, or where would you rank him as a, as a as a
4: fielder? I don't know if he's a plus, but I think he's B? at least a minus a minus okay. yeah B plus a minus. and here's the thing. the Cardinals are going to pitch to contact. Mm-hmm. They can't play Yepez a lot in the outfield mm-hmm. they they just can't afford to because people are going to be hitting the ball in the air against them. So the group that includes O'Neill, Carlson, Newt Barr, Jordan Walker, who actually showed pretty well last year in this couple of months playing the outfield, that group, Alec Burleson, is okay out yeah. there, not spectacular, he's not a gold glover. But, yes, defense will play a role. For example, if Burleson and Newt Barr, if, if Burleson as an offensive player is Five percent better than Newt Bar. Newt Bar's defense will play rather than the five percent gotcha. more you get from Alec Burleson.
6: What if it's what if it's much more? What if, if, if it's fifteen percent yeah.
4: then Burleson plays? Gotcha. Right? Okay. But if it's less than if it's six, seven percent, I think that the defense would play a huge role in Newt Bar getting the opportunity, whether it's left or right. And if they wind up with Tyler O'Neill in center, if mm-hmm. if this is a washout now for Dylan Carlson. Yeah. If, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see, by May 15th, Newt Bar in left, O'Neal in center, Walker in right.
6: Is Can Dylan Carlson play any of the other corner he, outfields? He, he's fine. Okay. He, he's fine. So if he does lose out at center field, there's still a chance for him to, to be successful yeah. in one of the corner yep. field,
4: outfield positions. And, uh, we love the guy, okay? Tyler O'Neill's a hell of a guy. He's pulling a hamstring. It's it's happening. Randy, he's been doing yoga and
6: Pilates. The the body has changed. But he's still
4: powerlifting.
6: Yeah, yeah, let's see. (laughs) He's strengthening, lengthening those muscles. He's going to be good to go. He's
4: he's the one guy I think that I've ever seen play sports where I say, don't run so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know what's going to happen. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up on 101 ESPN. After uh, Lars Nootbar we're going to hear from uh, Robert Thomas, Blues Forward, here on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas, Scott, Getting you inside the Blues locker room.
0: Time now for Blues Forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive.
1: Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs.
4: Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. The Blues back in action tomorrow at Enterprise Center. It's a day game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's time for our weekly visit with Blues Center Robert Thomas, who joins us via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Good morning, Mr. Thomas. How you doing?
8: Doing well, guys.
4: How are you? Everything's going good here, and obviously a disappointing game last night. And after the game, after every game, your coach, Craig Berube, goes in and talks to the media. And I want to get your response to actually the first thing that Berube said. Here's your coach.
3: A lot of guys, not uh, <clears throat> a lot of our best players not doing the job. Or do you think that's the case? I don't know. You'll have to ask them, Jim. I guess they don't care about the team. I don't know. It's not sure care. why.
4: So, Robert, you were on the bench. You played in the game. What's your reaction to what the coach had to say?
8: Yeah, it's obviously frustrating to hear that. And, um, yeah, I've been a part of this team for a long time. And, um, you know, what he said, it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, You know, I know everyone in that room cares. And, uh, yeah, it's frustrating to hear. Um, You know, you go through big ups and big downs of pro sports. And, um, you know, I've been a part of the team when we're winning. And, you know part of the team and you know we're going the other way so uh it's frustrating and you know you know it feels like we've just been chasing chasing the play a lot lately um you know you don't have control of it and you know it doesn't doesn't look like you you know the best best out there when you're chasing it so um you know i've always taken accountability and um i know i need to be better and, and step up and find a way through this but uh it comes as a team um it comes sticking together and um, you just got to get back to it and, and keep fighting and uh, you know work your way through it.
6: Hey Robert, you all were up two zero 0 early in the game and then it, it just kind of got away from you. What are you seeing, like you said, you're chasing the play, but what else are you seeing that, that could possibly help prevent those leads from, from being lost and losing games in that manner?
8: Yeah, uh, I think it's You you know, you got to stick with our system, Um, you know, we've been given a system and we've we've proven that it works and um, the system's hard work and uh, controlling the play. And um, those are those are important things that you need to do throughout the whole game and in order to, to succeed.
4: Robert Thomas is with us on 101 ESPN, and Robert, one of the things that Doug Armstrong said when uh, you agreed to your extension last summer was, "Someday, Robert Thomas is going to be the captain of this club." You're, you're obviously, like you said, you've been around a long time. You've got pretty much as much seniority as anybody. Uh, how do you? How does that manifest itself from your perspective as you become a leader? How would you like to lead?
8: Yeah, I think the, you know the way I found that leading is the best is is through example and accountability and um you know i know i i got big shoes to fill um you know that's that's part of the the job and um you know i take accountability for for the way the season's gone and um you know the way it's gone lately um i need to step up and and be better on the ice and off the ice and um you know i think you know you always learn you know through winning um you learn a lot Um, about what it takes to win and, you know, how a team team should be in order to succeed. And I think you learn even more when you're losing and um, when you're going through a disaster. So um, I think this is the best time for, you know, for guys to step up, including myself. And um, I know, you know, I need to step up in order to to get everything back on track.
4: Robert, do you look at this as a disaster right now?
8: I wouldn't say it's a disaster. I think – uh, i think you know it's obviously not the position we wanted to be in coming into the season um it's frustrating uh you know I had high hopes for our team and high hopes for myself and uh, i feel like i i have been playing up to to what I've hoped and um, yeah, you know, I need to find a way to get back to to doing that.
6: Hey, Robert, it seems as though uh, you all came out of the break, you know, playing well, playing extremely well. And then the trade of O'Reilly happened, and things kind of went south. Is it simple as you know, just kind of not having the guy there that had been there so long, and, and guys needing to fill that void or fill in that role, or is it something more, more, more to it than just that?
8: No, I think uh, yeah, it obviously sucks. The you know, after the break, we we had two guys that we're part of the Stanley Cup run and big parts of this team for a long time go and, um, you know, that's part of the business. Um, that's part of the situation we, we put ourselves in and we have, having expiring contracts and, um, yeah, that's part of it. But uh, it's not an excuse. Um, we still have a lot of great players in the room and a lot of great leaders and, um, you know, it's on all of us and, and myself to, to step up and fill that void.
4: Hey, Robert, when, when you have a frustrating game like that, And people, they they might not believe it, but you are. Like like you said, you're emotionally invested. You care about what's going on. What's that night like after you come home last night?
8: Yeah, it's not fun. Um, You know, you got family in town, and uh, you want to play well in front of them and uh, succeed in front of them, and uh, it's frustrating. Um, It really is. Um, So, you know, usually you just go home and, um, you know, try and regroup with the family and, and stay positive, and um, you know you, you get ready the next morning to go in and work.
6: Hey, Robert, you talk about you know you taking it personally and, and you needing to do more. Is that something you discuss with your teammates? Just not just all on you personally, but you know a few of you guys wanting to do better and play better, and how you can get this thing going in the right direction.
8: Yeah, I think uh, you know it's we, we got to stick together as a team. Um, that's the only way through it. It's as a as a team and through hard work and uh i think you know we got to st- everyone's got to step up together um this is a team effort you know you can't win in this league without playing playing like a team and being a team and uh no matter how good you are individually um you know you need to be a team so um that's the most important thing and uh that's something we need to all as a group get, get going together.
4: I, I would think that that is something that needs to be said in the room because a guy like Torupchenko last night was talking about how, hey, we all need to get on the same page. And here's a, a guy who's played 73 games in the league and he is recognizing that maybe the team aspect of things isn't what it should be. So, again, as a, as a guy who was there for the Stanley Cup championship, is that something that you take upon yourself or do you leave it to a guy like Shen or Bort- Bortuzo? How does this team? be a team again
8: yeah no that's on me um that's uh something uh you know i need to to step up and you know personally lead the way um whether that's you know on the ice off the ice uh, both ways need to step up and it's on the leadership group as well um you know we need to come together as a group and, and find a way through this
4: Hey Robert, one other thing. I mentioned the Penguins are in town tomorrow, and even though you've been in the league and you
8: aren't starstruck anymore,
4: is it still pretty cool though to play against number eighty-seven?
8: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, always really cool playing against him. Uh, you know, someone a lot of us in the league now have, have watched growing up, and um, yeah, it's always pretty special playing against him, and um, yeah, you always want to do well, do well against him.
4: Hey, we know this isn't easy for you, and uh, but we, we really do appreciate you coming on. We know it's not easy, and we appreciate you, you doing it and answering the questions.
8: Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. Appreciate Thank it. Thank
4: you, Robert. Take care. That is Robert Thomas with us on 101 ESPN. He, he answered everything.
6: To me, that was, and this is just my opinion, that was the best interview we had with him because he was open, he was honest, and he answered the questions. Not that he doesn't ever answer the questions, but it seems like he's guarded at times with us. And this one he felt like, it felt like he was really stating his point. And he sounded to me, sounded to me like a captain, like a leader, like a man that wants to take the responsibility of how this team is playing, whether it's good or bad. He wants to be the for, at the forefront of that and be the person that you look to and say, hey, we can lean on this guy every single night.
4: And he has to react to what his coach said, yeah. right? Because before you can hold anybody else accountable in that room, you have yes. to be accountable yep. yourself.
6: I, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought he did a great job. And I thought he did a great job of explaining you know, where they are, why they are, where they are, and that they aren't you know, fractured in that locker room. They're still working together. It just may be guys need to figure out how to all coexist and make sure we're all doing the same, pulling a rope in the same direction.
4: And by the way, I I was happy with his response when I asked about who has to do this because you could easily pass it off to Shenner yeah. who's 32 or Bortuzzo who's, who's in his 30s. He said, nope, it's on me, it's on me. So uh, good on Robert Thomas for joining us here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got rock and roll.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Let's rock. Let's rock today. Rock and roll coming up, and uh, we've got a lot of texts. And we I just want to reiterate, Carrie, I know you agree with me, that uh, that is not an easy interview for no. Robert Thomas to no, do. No, no. And I thought that he handled it very well. Those are tough it's it's a tough situation to deal with come on the radio every week he knows that we aren't going to kill him right but he also knows that there are going to be tough questions that have to be asked when things are going the way they are and i thought he handled he's 24 years old he handled things very very well he he handled it like a pro yeah like a
6: like a captain like a a veteran a guy that is supposed to be the leader of your team the leader of your squad you stand in front of everyone you take the questions you answer them to the best of your ability you don't duck you don't shy away that is what you look for in a captain in a person that is going to lead your organization for years to come
4: so thanks to robert for yeah. being as transparent as he
6: was
9: a little a little behind you know uh, it, it's incredible what he did and, and the leadership shows up and he he knew it was coming and it's impressive to me that he didn't finalize his time by the way until after the game last night so like so, a, he knew go. what yeah. had happened yeah. and he was still like yeah yeah which yeah, time you need it. me i mean he's that that says a lot to me about who who he, who he is and a lot of the captain questions have popped up lately, and I think that was uh, that was an answer to some of them, I
4: think. So there's a lot to be about how late this show is prepared. <laughs>
9: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: What
4: do you got for us, big boy?
9: Not diminutive, big boy. Playing, ta- oh. playing phone tag, excuse me. <laughs> Earlier today, there was a bombshell interview or, excuse me, story posted on The Athletic. Mike Sando and two other writers, Russell Wilson, and the problems that he had with his head coach, Pete Carroll. Apparently, on his way out, or before he was on his way out, he tried to get. Pete Carroll and general manager John Schneider fired in hopes the team could then get Sean Payton as his coach the funny the way the world turns well Randy in the time that we first saw this article at about 645 and now Russell Wilson jumped on Twitter with a response he tweeted this at 730 today I love Pete and he was a father figure to me and John believed in me and drafted me as well I never wanted them fired all any of us wanted was to win I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle hmm
4: I mean, this is a pretty well-sourced story yeah. with three really accomplished journalists. Based on Russell Wilson's history, I have a tendency to trust them.
6: I mean, yeah. One thing I've learned in life, Randy, is is the, 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 the key for me, when I'm, whenever I'm hearing a story, is who has more motive to lie? Generally, the person that has more motive to lie is probably lying. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the person that looks bad in it is Russell Wilson. So he has more motive to lie, which would be why he would come out and Mm -hmm. say that.
9: Also, if you read the story on The Athletic, the second and third graph are are really all you need to know in in response to Russell Wilson's tweet, which are a lawyer for Wilson wrote a letter to The Athletic characterizing the assertion that Uh. Wilson (laughs) called for Carroll's and Schneider's firing as entirely fabricated. This is the second Uh. graph they then say in the third on how they spoke to more than 50 Broncos players coaches and staffers about the 22 season on the condition and anonymity they literally said in the first second graph our lawyers already cleared this one that we're not making it up right there they came out in front of it and then so Russell Wilson tweeting that I just like you said these are three really good good journalists this is the athletic they, cle- they already cleared it with legal interesting move here by, by Russell Wilson to still say they're making it up essentially Yeah. And you know what? He's he's got his
4: way now. He's got the contract, he's in a good city, he's got his coach. Well he he he
6: has Couple of offices that may no longer be there either, mm-hmm. and a, a personal of quarterback parking, coach, parking spots that may no longer be there either. Yeah. Uh, you finally get somebody that is going to hold you accountable. Not that Pete Carroll didn't, but I don't think Nathaniel Hackett could. No. I don't think he could hold him accountable and hold him to a certain standard. And Russell is a. It's a tough, Randy. It's one thing when a guy is a Richard and you want to hold him accountable. It makes it a little bit easier. But when a guy is pretty nice, you know, God fearing guy, polite, kind, it's a little bit tougher to hold that person accountable because, hey, Russ, you th- oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah, sure. And mm-hmm. then he goes out and does whatever the hell he wants to yeah. do. It, it, it's, it's like, well, well, he said he was going to do it. No, he's not. He's going to do what he wants to do and what he feels is best. And now I think that Sean Payton will be able to hold him accountable and to a certain standard. Yeah. And you may see a Broncos team actually be pretty good
9: this year. It's interesting to me that this was the story and him going for Payton and Payton's response, I think we played it two weeks ago, About Russell Wilson's personal quarterbacks Coach and how he's like well I wasn't really Aware of that it makes me wonder How much Russell Wilson actually Is aware of how his Partnership with Peyton's gonna go And also second here are you Does this tell you that Russell has a little bit more Has has, still has a lot of clout In Denver because of that contract and how much Draft draft picks they put into him He's totally a politician That's all he is (laughs) he's he's a good quarterback but he's a Politician
4: is he a better politician I think so might be (laughs) Yeah,
6: he, I mean, he He. listen, he got paid a lot of money. He's going to be in Denver for a while. He's not going anywhere. And he worked his way to get that contract, whether or not, you know, he, he tried to get those guys fired. They had enough of it and moved moved on mm-hmm. from him. And he got to a position where he's going to get he, he's going to get paid for a few years to come.
4: Look, every quarterback has some dva in him. I'll bet even Big Ben had some Dva in him, right? Every every, every a lot yeah. there's a lot of athletes that do. But Russell's on a different level.
6: Yeah, it, it what came to me? What was the the the. What solidified it for me was when you heard Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch talking about, yeah, we got to talk to his guy to get in touch with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a teammate, yeah, no. yeah, I'll never call you. I'll never talk to you. If, that, if I have to go through another person, uh, a middleman, mm-hmm. to get to you, to, to schedule, hey, you want to go out for drinks this, tonight? Yeah, call my guy. We'll see what time I got. Man, hell no. You stay where you are, and I'll stay where
4: I am. How sad, by the way. He wanted Antonio Brown in Seattle. How sad that he never got Antonio Brown. Yeah,
6: that would have been a match made in heaven. Oh, man. Just those two going at each other. Russell praying for him and Antonio cussing him out. It would have been, I mean, sometimes we don't get the things we need in no, life, Randy, and no. that would have been one time. He would have taken a shot at Sierra, I bet. Russell would have, yeah. Russell would have gotten really angry. Would have me, maybe we would have seen the, 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 the non-godly know, side of they, Russell. They said he would not play a certain rapper's music in the locker room because uh, because that's the father of one of, C- of sierra's first child
9: by, by they
4: that. wouldn't
6: play futures music he wouldn't he, I, I don't know if he wouldn't allow it or, i'm sorry carrie hey, carrie come if, on, if, man, if,
9: if that if a, if a quarterback ever said we cannot play that one music how many times in that season do you are know, you walking in listen, just like bumping it on a loudspeaker that would have been on repeat <laughs> it would have been nothing other than
6: that you are going to get, oh you're going to feel okay with it, or you're not, sir. The one thing about locker Damn. rooms that you cannot do is tell people something you don't like, because then they start doing it hey. all the time. It's like yep. it, it's the worst it's thing to do. Terry, well,
4: you'll appreciate this. There isn't a more god fearing person probably in the world than Kurt Warner, right? Mm-hmm. But what's he do when Edge walks into that locker room and wants to play his music? Yeah. Fine, you cool. Your music, Good. I just get used to it. Yeah, get, right? You You get comfortable with it. Yeah that's what you got to
6: do
9: and it was just announced randy the battery for the cardinals first spring training game it only seems right that we uh usher in a new era of cardinals baseball with adam wainwright thrown to a different catcher adam wainwright and wilson contreras the battery for the cardinals first game in spring training looking forward to that tomorrow noon game on ballet sports that'll
4: be great it's gonna be fun man this is gonna be this is we're here randy yeah we happening are now. here it's happening yes Thank you, Rock. Thank you, Randy. Coming up, we're going to talk to Joey Vitale. I don't know if we'll mention hockey with him. We'll find out next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Here I am in St. Louis, Missouri with the prides of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Steelers Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, former Penguin superstar, Joe Vitale, joining us on the Brown and and Celebrity Line.
2: Joey V, good morning. How you doing? Hey, Randy, Kerry, what's going on? Yeah, a bunch more uh, of the Pittsburgh Penguinos actually coming to town tonight <laughs> for the big, the big face-off tomorrow afternoon here at the Enterprise Center. Who do you have dinner with? You know what? I actually had a, a dinner plan fall through tonight, but whenever whenever they come to town, I usually always try to grab Sid, and we, you know, sometimes go out. Um, just you know, love being around him, obviously. And you know, one of the things about you know traveling on the road, especially for these guys, is you know seeing old friends, old acquaintances. Braden Shen and Sydney obviously are very good friends. Robert Bortuzzo uh, got together there in Pittsburgh earlier this season at a Fish House. So. You know, it's always it's always fun to see players that you played with still in the league, and there's not too many of them right now for me, guys. To be honest with you, only about two to three sprinkled in each team, and and each and every year it gets less and less. So it's just kind of a turning of the guard for sure. Hey, uh,
4: Joey, our listenership turns over a lot, and Carrie wasn't here to hear the Sidney Crosby story. Can you tell us the Sidney Crosby story?
2: Wow, jeez, there's many of them. I, I'm assuming you're talking about the superstitious ones. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, this is it's funny. I told this story. I was on Spittin' and the uh, the week before the Blues entered the Stanley Cup Final in 2019, and uh, Paul Bissonette and Ryan Whitney asked me just, "Hey, what was it like playing with Sid?" And and funny enough, the the first story that came to my mind, I don't know why was about one of his superstitions. And a lot of people, carry. and fellow listeners out there, one of the things they don't know about uh, one of the greatest hockey players ever to be on this earth, and I, I still think maybe one of the top ones in the game today, is that he has this routine borderline crazy. I mean, it's borderline, <laughs> superstitious, mind-boggling type of stuff and what he does with his tape and his dress code. And he'll never cross a visiting locker room so you get to the arena he always takes the way the opposite way. You could be at an entrance where if you just make a right past the visitor's locker room and your room's right there on the left, he would actually go all the way around. He never passes a visiting team locker room. It's just a superstition. One of the things I learned very quickly was in my rookie season, they needed a DJ. Of course, a, te- the a, course a team DJ is someone who plays the music before the game. It's actually a pretty difficult job because I learned very quickly you can't keep everyone happy. You have the veterans that like the rock and roll. You have the Russians <laughs> who love techno. You have the young guys that want rap. I mean, there's some country fans. So I learned very quickly to kind of keep it mixed up. Anyway, long story short, I'll keep this pretty brief, but one game in October, my rookie season, we were playing the list, and we are taping stakes and getting ready for the game, carry and Sidney Crosby comes up to me right as I put on this song, The Dog Days Are Over, by Florence and Machine. I'm sure you've heard the song. And this is back in, you know, 2015 no, no, excuse me, this is 2012, so it's like right when that song came out, and Sidney Crosby comes up to me, and I'm, I'm still a scared little rookie, I'm kind of minding my own business, and more like 12 games into the season, he comes up to me, he's like, hey, buddy, he goes, Joe V, this is a, this is an awesome song, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, and I, I just kind of heard it the other day, and we started talking about it, and He's like, yeah, so I went to Italy last summer, and this was like my theme song when I went with Shen and McKinnon, and this like song just came out. And he starts telling me this whole story about traveling through Italy, and they just played this Dog Days and Rover song by Florence and Machine, and it became their theme song in Italy. So anyway, long story short, he goes out, he gets a goal, a couple assists that game. And then we turn the pace to the next game. Now, Carrie, the, the one rule <laughs> with the DJ is you can never change the, the rotation of the songs yeah. after a win. Yep. So if you win, it's gotta be the same song, same rotation. So two nights two nights later we're in Philadelphia and we're getting ready and all of a sudden the music's going, I'm taping my stick, everyone's kinda doing their same routine and all of a sudden the song Dog Days Are Over comes on. And Sidney Crosby comes up to me and goes, Hey, Joe B <laughs> this is a great song. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I said yeah I know and he goes did I ever tell you the time with went to Italy last mm. and this was like our theme song and I was like yeah you did he goes yeah so we traveled to Italy and this was you know, our theme song and <laughs> with Shinner and McKinney he started telling me his whole story again Kerry I'm like is this I go is he concussed is he still concussed <laughs> from a couple years ago I thought he was mentally like not with it I was like gonna go talk to the trainers like hey you gotta check on Sid something from Sid anyway he goes out we win again. He gets a hat trick. The next game, you guessed it. Same thing. Carrie, we went on a 17 game win streak all throughout the summer. Oh, my God. Lose for 17 straight. I swear to you, Carrie, by the 15th game, I'm hiding in the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom stall. When that song comes on, I'm, I'm hiding out. All of a sudden, oh. the song's coming to an end. All of a sudden, I hear the door go boof, like fly open. He's like, hey, Joe! I'm like, what? He's like, this is a good song. I'm oh. like, yeah, I know. He goes, every time I you what doing, what is the song? I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. And, of course, we lost. On like, you know, oh. I think we lost on the 18th or 19th game. And oh. finally, he comes up to me. and He's like, hey, buddy. Way to hang with you there. That was a good little run. I was like, yeah, that was a good little run. Right? But I tell you what. Oh, my God. I, I, can write a, I can write a book about the superstitions and the routine of one of the greatest hockey players, again, ever walk this earth. And you know what's funny, Carrie? I'm sure you've you've played with players like this who were so elite, and they had that routine. And a part of their routine, believe it or not, was in dealing with other players. Other players were part of their routine. And, of oh. course, as a player, you want to be available to those types of guys, whatever they need. And it's not that they're arrogant or you just want to, like, serve them or, 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 you know, roll out the red carpet. The fact of the matter was people were like, well, isn't that annoying? You have to, like, you know, change your routine for someone else. <laughs> when they're that good, when they're that good, and they are personally winning hockey games for you, no. The answer is no. You do whatever you can. To be just be available, be available for Sid any way he needs it because he's that elite. And with the more wins, is only going to help you personally as well.
6: Joey, we got to figure out who the new Joey Vitelli is on the on the Penguins now. Who is the guy playing the music and Sid is coming up talking to, telling that story or or any story to every single day.
2: And I tell you what, yeah, I I don't know. I, I would imagine it could even be St. Louis. Well, not native. He he lives here currently, but it's Chad Ruweedle, the defenseman. Um, crazy story about Chad, he he actually was from California, he's a defenseman you'll see him tomorrow afternoon, defenseman from San Diego, California Hmm. of all places, Hmm. and then he ended up marrying a a woman from DePere, Missouri, he spends his summers here so I would imagine Chad's got a little say (laughs) on the music there in, in Pittsburgh, but no, it's it's certainly one of the one of the tougher jobs in the National Hockey League is oh, trying man. to make and trying to please everyone when it comes to the variety of music. Hey Joey, before we let
4: you go, the United States shooting a lot of things out of the sky these days. What's your take on UFOs?
2: <laughs> I mean, they're shooting a ton of stuff out of the sky. You sure are. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tell you what, um, UFOs. Geez, I I'm intrigued by them. I'm fascinated by them. I think if this if this space, outer space, is is truly infinite uh i would imagine there has to be some sort of life out there Uh, i wouldn't know if i would shoot it down or even attempt to shoot down because this is the way i see it if we don't know what's out there because our technology can only go so far think about this if a ufo made it to us how much better (laughs) is their technology over our technology so uh, i would imagine that the shields that they're going to come with and all the kind of um, weaponry if you will uh, I wouldn't want to piss them off. Let's just put it down <laughs> way. So if, if they can get it to our earth, they clearly are far more advanced than we are. So we should probably almost open our arms and make nice, if that makes sense.
4: I agree with you 100%. And I refuse to believe that they're just they're floating balloons. They, they, they've, got, they've got more sophisticated things than that.
2: Yeah, you would think there'd be more than just air inside. Yeah, they yeah. probably would be um, strapped with something a little bit more if they're coming all this way. I can't imagine something like that coming all this way, if you really want to know about that kind of stuff, I, I suggest talking to my partner, Chris Kerber. He gets on a geek a geek run every now and then about outer space and everything out there. Uh, uh, I, I just try to hit the mute button, a couple of yawns, close my eyes, get through it, and then we get back to the game. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Hey, did you run this morning? Oh, yeah. Run okay. every morning, bud. Good. Every Friday morning, rain or shine. Uh, we got these group of guys. They're really into David Goggins. Have you seen this David Goggin's character? Oh, yeah. Heard of them. They're they're all up in David. David I know a lot of people love David Goggins and I love him too. And his book, You Can't Hurt Me, is a fascinating book about here's a gentleman who just turned his whole life around and, and everyone's got the David Goggins, you know, hashtags and, you know, quotes and I think David Goggins has been divorced, like, four times. Like, I get <laughs> that people, the people, like, gentlemen, like, we're, I like, guys, we're married, we got children. We can only take a small sample size of what David Goggins is actually doing. If we turn into David Goggins, like, there's no way we can keep up with the rest of our life, but uh, there's certainly, in spurts, uh, my group is certainly wonderful, but we have this David Goggins approach, approach that there's no days off, and... And certainly, even on a cold morning like this morning, Randy, we are we were, we were hap- happy to get after it and, and hop on the run, grab a little coffee, mingle a little bit, and then be on our way.
4: All right, have a great weekend. Are you going to casino night? Are you going to be there on Sunday night?
2: I will be there at the casino night. You going?
4: I will see you there. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, it's a casino night with a cowboy theme. My wife asked me the other day. It's like, okay, so it's a casino night, so I need to wear something kind of flashy. So yeah, with yeah, some flashy. And then apparently she got a message from one of her friends saying, Joey, you didn't tell me it's a cowboy theme. I go, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. It's a casino theme party with a cowboy theme? She's like, yeah. I'm like, that's just too many themes. We've got to cut this off somewhere. Like, uh, it's either a casino theme or a cowboy theme. She said, no, it's a casino night with a cowboy theme, so I'm trying to go through the boxes in the basement, Randy, and find my, find my old cowboy boots, uh, cowboy hat, and a flannel. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm sure you're going to be wearing wearing something spectacular then on
4: Sunday. I have a cow costume, but I don't think I'm going with that. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm just I, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to be like you. I'll I'll probably just go with the flannel shirt, the jeans, maybe not the cowboy boots because I don't have any, but I will absolutely be wearing a cowboy hat.
2: That's my bucket list, buddy. Maybe you and me and, you and Carrie, we can go on a on, on a on a herd ride one of these days. I always wanted to grab a bunch of a bunch of bulls and cows from like up in Montana, and I wanted to herd them all the way down to Texas. You know, like I always tell my wife, <laughs> that's my dream. And she looks at me like, really? That's your dream? That's you know, yeah, that's what I want to do in my life. Leave me alone. I just want to herd a, herd a bunch of cattle from Montana to Texas. Sleep under the stars. Make my own coffee, black. Drink it black like the cowboys do. kick my boots <laughs> up on the rock. Just tip my hat down. You know that that scene, like the tip the hat tip down. You yeah. take a little snooze. Yeah. That's what I want out of life. And then apparently, I got myself into trouble because my wife and my plan, my master plan, in life didn't involve her. So we'll show you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. All right, Joey V. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you Sunday. Take care. See you, boys. Yeah. Joe Vitale, blues analyst on 101 Trust. ESPN. How how great is he? He is awesome. He's amazing. He painted that picture perfectly.
6: Cowboy boots up on the rock, hat tilted down.
4: Oh, yeah. Taking a nap. Yep. With some baked beans, right? Uh, Coming up, St. Louis City SC has their first match ever tomorrow against Austin. We're going to give you our expert predictions tell you if we're excited about it next time on 101 ESPN. You
0: are back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented
1: by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. getting
2: on the same page, this league is is unlike any other, I'd like to say just cuz of the chaos of it, honestly, in terms of how anyone can beat anyone on any given week. And I think for us that's a big that's a big point for us is to know that we're going to be we're going to be able to be in every game and that if we kind of have our identity and we play to that identity, we're going to do really well.
4: This is Tim Parker from St. Louis City SC. He is a vice captain. He'll be in action tomorrow night, 7.30 on Apple Plus as your St. Louis City SC takes on Austin FC in the first ever game for SC down in Austin. By the way, Austin FC ranked third in the MLS Power Rankings and roughly the same odds as the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup, to win the MLS Cup. Right now, it's a plus four ten for uh, Vandal. What it, it's down to four, plus four twenty. Was it
9: plus four seventy five okay. a couple so, days ago? Which was around the same as the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup. Right, but it's not Go the I worst. See. It's not the worst. Odds right now in the MLS for Week One. That is the San Jose Earthquakes traveling to Atlanta Mm. to face off against a good Atlanta squad. They're plus 450 right now. All right, but like you heard Tim Parker said, anything can happen.
6: Anything can happen. Yeah, you never know. You never know. And and so we're 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 not going to worry about you know the people that place all those naysayers, naysayers, the people that don't have the faith in St. Louis City as we do. We believe they're gonna that 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 aggressive attacking style that they're gonna play with. They're going to be very good. They're
4: going to have a great system. Bradley Carnell implementing a system. Lutz has done a great job of acquiring the talent to be great. They've got a terrific goaler. And I would think tomorrow when they hit the pitch that they'll be extraordinarily fired up because they know they're playing for the soccer capital of America. And they know that when they get home next week, the crowd will be bananas if they indeed come away with, if our side comes away with a victory on the pitch in their kits. In in the match. In the match. Yeah. You don't want to play to a draw by the way. No, no. You no, want to come no. away with a victory.
6: Nil, nil, who's watching that? No one will see that.
4: No, uh. Uh-uh. Three 0 Three nil. Three nil would be awesome.
6: In our favor. Yeah. In the match.
9: I'm 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 hoping for uh I'm thinking I'm, I'm hoping for a 2-2 two, two draw to be honest. Don't with hope you. for a draw, hope for a W. Why would you I'm just saying, you look at the Austin FC is a good team. They're third in the MLS power rankings right now. You're 29th. I'm just saying, The first game, you 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 get your first goal ever, you don't you don't get blown out by a good team. I'm just trying to be Rock, realistic here. They got is, they got a couple good strikers when you need them. Listen, I'm just trying to go off every, I want to be excited about this, but I'm trying not to be I'm trying to be realistic and not too Why much try to of be a realistic? Homer. Why we're not be confident? Why not
6: be a homer? H-O-M-E-R. You play to win the, the game. game. I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't
9: try to do that, You Kerry. play to win the game. You, did you want to – I mean, we. Asked, yeah. I, this is, I'm just saying this is my prediction – that they're gonna let up a goal oh, probably a little right. bit early because no. the press is gonna they're gonna, you, gonna get counterattacks. Are gonna but have? They're oh, gonna get they're gonna get two goals off some good steals. And are we things gonna like have that.
6: predictions for for baseball season as well? We are. Is he's, Rock gonna have? Is he's he's miss the playoffs? Okay. Uh, 80, eighty-seven wins. Uh, yes, either
9: eighty-seven either. wins.
6: He's gonna be. What's the point of being realistic <laughs> at the beginning of the season?
9: <laughs> I mean, we even, we can pick what we want to pick, yeah. right? <laughs> You're right. You are hundred Randy last year never never wavered even when it was mathematically impossible. He never wavered from his Jack Flaherty optimism. Last yeah. year, not a single day. Even though it stood up there and where there used to be a board nah. and stared at him in the face the entire the, time. This, never answer, this answers it all.
6: Rock has the Mizzou mindset. There it is. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. You're right. Y- you're you're so accustomed to, to
9: to just mediocrity that it, it's
4: it's also,
6: spewing
9: over
4: on
6: it's the airways. say that.
9: Because I think City's going to be kind of, kind of like, kind of like Mizzou in that. Listen, they can beat anybody because of the style they play. But it could get rough from the six three six. Why it, does Rock on. hate STL no! City? No! Stop it, Rock! Hey, 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 You, hate, have, to hate, you hate, have to think about this too. You have to think about this too. Hey, what's the one complaint that people who aren't soccer fans have? Draws. So what's so the one-way the very first game in St. Louis City history? Nil-nil nil draws. No. no. And it won't be nil-nil. There's, there's, They will not be playing a lot of oh. nil-nil games this year. Why? Because it, it, it's going to be too open of a style. You hate they're the gonna goalie, get, too, you are huh? going to get counterattacked uh, against for goals. Eh? I yep. love Roman eh? Berkey. Listen, listen, I love me some Roman Berkey. Okay, and is is
4: Taylor doing the game tomorrow? for? A, is he doing the City game on the Apple? I'm not sure. On the Apple Plus? He might be. Because he loves St. Louis City SC, and it's the first game in their history. I can't imagine that he wouldn't want to be involved.
6: Well, he's not answering And then messages. on Apple, you can flip to the local broadcast, right? <laughs> and who's our
9: play-by-play guy? The play-by-play guy is going to be Joey Zanaboni. Oh, how you doing? It's not how he talks, <laughs> unfortunately. And that, that was Joey Zanaboni and friends? It's Joey Tribbiani. Oh, Joey Santaboni um. is a uh, is a is a South City kid who I went to grade school with. Oh, okay. hey, he was, he, you, know, was, you guys worked together
4: on the ambush. And we worked together
9: on the ambush team. He was little, we were literally in kindergarten through eighth grade and every, uh, in class together. Same Joey and Z. He's, so. he's a great broadcaster. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and and heck, well after after you hear two or three of his goal calls, I guarantee we're going to have to get him on on the show at some yeah, point. So
4: that'll take a couple months
9: wow where's the where's the where's the why does Randy hate city text come on people let's go let's go oh, get in here uh, uh, 636 yeah. by the way says 30 city 314 says three, 3 nil 3 nil loss realistic see I'm not the only person who's but why don't you want to be why don't you want to be optimistic what's wrong with optimism there's nothing What's wrong with being I happy. Think, I think a 2 2 He, he
4: fights happiness.
9: Man. I think he it does. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. He kind of bucks back at happiness. is a 2 2 What you say? choose listen, happy. You're not, you're not wrong. A choose yeah, happy. Hashtag, hashtag, choose hashtag, hashtag choose happy. happy. Just because you're correct doesn't mean you're right. Um, Keep smiling. You're, plus four, you're Eeyore. You're plus. Uh, uh. Listen, I always felt sorry for you, all right? You're plus 420. <laughs> You're plus 420. How is a draw negative? What are the odds on a draw? Hold on. How much money do you make if you bet twenty
4: bucks at plus 420? That's optimism right there. A
9: draw is plus 280.
4: I'm going for the long shot, baby. I'm you, going the I I get go for the I think money, I get
9: better odds. You got to go for the money. You can get better odds for Nikola Jokic to win a third straight MVP. Right
6: what did now. you What did you say the odds were for them to win the championship?
4: Uh, like plus sixteen thousand. Somebody actually just made that bet. Um, um, Somebody put in put seventy five bucks down. Our buddy, Chris Muir. Okay. That's not a bad bet. I mean,
6: $75, you're going to spend that on Let's see. You know, Christopher Muir. What, what, what was, was it? Rokio wakes 16? up and
9: hates optimism. That's did, not I, true. I, I, now, I'm yeah, plus so 16. happy about this team. 16, but did you, we, we read it yesterday. The MLS.com MLS, soccer.com um rundown said the front six of this team is largely unknown. Have some hope, man. I'm, no with, hope a, I'm with Tim Parker. Anything can happen. Uh, okay. I'm just you know going to save my anything can happen chaos for a 3 1 win over Sporting <laughs> Kansas City. Largely unknown.
4: Had they <laughs> ever heard of Kurt Warner? Had they ever heard of Tory Holt? <laughs> Never. Had they ever heard of London I mean, Tory Holt years? was nope. a first round
9: pick. I'm sure some people had heard of him. Nah, nobody did. Yeah. Nah, nah, not yeah. enough people. Went to a fairly the, large the, school the on the East Tom Coast. Duden, the country we didn't Mike know. Routy
4: Doria, Fred hey, Miller. There you go. That's didn't a little know. Robert Holcomb. That's probably true. Okay, so thank you. The greatest wow. show Can't on the say pitch. People don't know
9: who Robert Holcomb was. No,
4: everybody knows who Robert Holcomb is. Yeah. ILM. Well, <laughs> I-N-I. There you go. A uh, great job by our producer, engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio.
6: Was it? <laughs> Still waiting on Tim Bontemps. Uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> At some point. Oh, yeah. that's not
4: fair. Okay. I don't blame so, you for that, though. Okay, then let's put it in real terms. It was an effort of diminutive quality.
6: There you go. There you go. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how I want to go
5: into the weekend. CD. <laughs>
4: We've got a uh, oh, no. we've got T Mac and Ajax coming up with a balloon party. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Go Blues, go SC, go Bills, go
9: Tigers, go Illini. Oh, oh Battle Hawks already won. Yes, they did. Go, <coughs> We could we, could we, play t- it, we say Go City. Go SC sounds too much like we're talking about. Oh, Go City. Yes. Yeah, SC sounds like South city. Carolina or USC. I don't yeah. like that.
4: Okay, uh, we'll figure it out. Okay. Go Go City. There you go. Uh, for all of us. Until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right.
0: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.